what the devil are you doing? Why aren't we on the air? I'm going to play a record, Mr. Carlson. We don't have time now for records. Well, I don't know what to do. I told you there was a problem with this plan. What problem? It doesn't cover tornadoes. It's for what to do when the Russians attack. The Russians? <laughs> or Chinese. Unless you take that emergency file and you get on the air. Then when you see the word Russians, you substitute the word tornado. Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> this is a special emergency report from WKRP in Cincinnati. Now, here with that report is Les Nessman. Somebody else is supposed to read that. Get back on the air. The city of Cincinnati has just been attacked by the godless tornadoes. <laughs> Citizens are advised to arm themselves immediately. Right, so I, I went through my WKRP collection this morning trying to dig that out. Um, they have an entire tornado episode, actually, because it starts with... Uh, it starts with Herb Tarr, like, unplugging Les's, like, his AP wire printer or whatever, because the alarm is disturbing his sales, uh, his salesing. Um, salesing. Uh, anyway, so I either have that or I have Aaron's thing. Well, now, you already played that, so let's play Aaron's thing. All right, I don't take any responsibility for this next show opener. Uh, this is Aaron Duran who created this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I give you, uh, the most disturbing, uh, show opener ever. He'll come for you. He'll come tonight. And when they do, you will cry to God. You'll be on your knees to me before this is through. Oh, my God. Something in the mist. Shut the doors. Shut the doors, my God. Listen, everyone, we are experiencing some kind of disaster. I don't know whether it's man-made or natural, but I do know that it's definitely not supernatural. We're going to send back home. Yeah, there's no way I can talk you out of this. There's nothing out there. Nothing in the mist. What if you're wrong? You'll die out there, all of you. It calls for blood. I hear something. The hell is that? Bugs? Not like any I've ever seen. Holy sh! Shut the door! Who knows how far this mess is spread? It could be the whole world wouldn't make us any less dead. We are being punished. These little people in the dark. Oh, you see how primitive they get. So there's that. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it so much. Fantastic. Why 
hello. It's five minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11. It is the month of January in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming by, making it part of your listening day. Live from the plushly pointy getting out over the ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You want to join us today? 503-733-2970. With your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your uh, corrections, your two cents, your uh, what have you. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol, hungover, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, speculations about what happened to John Lee in the mist. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, we will get underway sooner than normal today because we got somebody. I Isn't uh, Richie's our uh, woman for the Inquirer coming up today at 1115? Just a few minutes from now, right? Like nine minutes, ten minutes from now? All right. Uh, here's what's coming up today. We, uh, we will talk to... Um, one of the editors of the National Enquirer in about 10 minutes. About Is it on the stands now? Do we know if the new issue is out? Well, Tim said it usually comes out on Friday. Does the Enquirer come out on Friday? Friday? All right. Yeah, because I'm looking on their website, and they don't have it posted on their website yet. They still have the one from last week. All right. It is the greatest magazine cover ever. And by greatest. I mean worst. I mean, we're full of sympathy. I mean saddest. Well, she didn't kill the children. Apparently, she was planning to, but that, that did not come to pass. So apparently, Britney Spears is making a lot of noise about... Taking the children home to see Jesus. Uh, and I think doing meth, according to the Inquirer. Yeah, Britney's breakdown minute by... So they have her minute by minute breakdown and what appears to be video footage. We're such terrible people. What really happened inside the house plus eyewitness exclusive meth drove her over the edge. Fantastic. So we'll talk about that here in about uh, 10 minutes with the National Enquirer. We've got Bob Costantini coming up from CNN. Uh, Lemmy from Motorhead uh, will be joining us later on in the program to uh, talk about his show with Dante's tomorrow with his side project, The Headcat. Aaron Duran, who made your show opener there. Uh, Aaron Duran will be joining us later on today in studio. Um, and Aaron Duran had quite the night last night. Didn't yes, he? he did. We'll talk about that in just a second. So I've already seen some video uh, footage of it. Oh, good. Um, also, Scott McCoy from the Minus Five, which is sort of an alternative rock super group. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Scott McCoy for a few minutes later on in the, uh, the program. They're going to be the Doug Fur tomorrow. That's some of the guys from REM. Guy for the Young Fresh Fellows. They backed up Robin Hitchcock on his last record. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, Scott McCoy coming up later in the show. Uh, what else? Well, that's it. It's Friday. Uh, we're giving something. Oh, Jackass 2.5. We'll give that away today. Uh, snuff watch. And uh, I think a religious nutcase watch. So that is all on the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Hello, sir. Hello there. Over 64 homes were damaged, 200 trees blown down in the coup. It has now been classified as an EF1 with winds gusting up to 110 miles an hour. We'll have the latest damage report. A car driven 100 miles an hour flies through the air, crashes into a Beaverton apartment building, bounces up, and bursts into flames, killing the driver and the passenger. Oh. Snow falls in Baghdad for the first time in 100 years. Some of Rudy Giuliani's staff members will go without paychecks, but they emphasize uh, they agree to do that. No, it's by choice. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel Comics has wiped out Spider-Man's marriage, and the fans are displeased. Oh, we're going to talk to Aaron about that. Yeah. Remember to ask him about that. You can begin e-filing your federal taxes today. And Sanjaya and his sister are in talks to host their own variety show. It'll be Sanjaya and the Chayamal Show. Whatever. 
Joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello there. Oh, yeah, How we are, are going you? fast. Yes. I'm doing well. We got the Inquirer woman coming up at 11.15. Yes. All right. No, I was just reading a story about Brittany. Your mouth was wide open as you no, were doing No, but then it. the story got less interesting. Like, the, the headline got me. What was the headline? Police find bite and bruises, bites and bruises on Jaden James upon arrival. Are they insect time. bites? No, actually, his brother bit him. Oh, well, that's... Children, children do love to bite things. It's true. All right. How was your evening? Did you go out with the pimp squad last night? Sad to say, no, I did not. Here's the only reason I ask is because I know that you, like my, that you probably got the same text messages I did all night long. Uh, Letting you, here's the thing, just back up real quickly. So, Scott Daly was throwing or hosting some bachelor party last night for some guy. Some guy that I don't know, but for, uh, I don't think I know who it is. But it was anyway, but Scott was hosting a bachelor party and then like Aaron ended up going and I think Bobby, you know, his fat boy went, um... So I think all of those guys ended up... So I, I started getting the minute-by-minute... Minute, speaking of minute-by-minute minute timelines, I started getting the minute-by-minute minute on where the bachelor party was. And like a lot of... you got to come join us at the... We're at the Acropolis right now. Come on down. Oh, God. It's not going to happen. And nor did it happen. Uh, so I, I, went was, to, I went to a show at Satyricon last night. Uh, the Spike is a Pipe Bomb. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. It was awesome. Yeah. And this, um, this great band, Drunken Boat, opened for them. And then another band. I can't remember the name of them. But all of them are really good. It was really crowded. Cause it's all ages, you know. But no, I was not at... The Acropolis. But did you get a whole bunch of the text messages I got a ton urging of you to come like, on? We're married. Come on. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, not not gonna take. Place. But I can't wait to hear the stories. Well, let's uh, before we do anything else. Oh, and my shoes aren't here yet. What time? If you order shoes for that Zappos place, when do they usually arrive? They'll be here like probably right around now. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. And we have to note that you're wearing a very strange sweater today. Uh, it's not that strange. It's colorful and stylish. All right. Well, we. Okay. Here's the, first of all, a Richie. I think that may be Dorothy from the National Enquirer. Um. Well, let's get back to the sweater. And we'll get, we and we'll get back to the sweater. We'll talk about Richie. I've already seen video footage of... Just to back up real quickly. So, just so you know what's coming up. So, yesterday, last night, uh, Aaron and, you know, the whole geek crew was all out at this bachelor party. And I got this text message from Aaron. He's like, it's like, you know, bachelor party in full swing at, you know, whatever. Some strip club, whatever. By the way, Pimp Squad has just arrived. So, apparently, that like, they're... It was like their paths crossed at some point. I, it seems like there's probably some sort of film allegory, some sort of a, some sort of a filmic allusion that I could come up with here. I don't know what it would be. It's like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters. At some point, the Geek Squad and the Pimp Squad, their their, their paths did merge last night. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what came out of that. Uh, and then we'll talk about my sweater here in a second, because I'm sure everybody's fascinated to know what I'm wearing today. Huh. Uh, Richie, is this uh, on the warm line? All right. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and we were going to do this yesterday, but then uh, the the, uh, the hand of providence came down and decided to start destroying uh, destroying trailer parks in Vancouver. So we had to bump this till today. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show for the National Enquirer. And please forgive me if I mangle this name. I apologize in advance. Dorothy Cossersary. Cafeteria, almost. Close, close. Uh, all right, it's like an 8.5 out of 10. All right. Yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give you a 9. We'll give you a 9. And you're going to have to take my word for it when I swear to you that we're not actually just riffing on your name by blaming this on a tornado yesterday. There really was a tornado. There was a funnel cloud uh, near here that was uh, destroying some things. So we uh, we did do a postpone. Oh. So, so thanks, for, thanks for bearing with us as we postponed this. Of course. Um, all right. So when, first of all, does the new inquire, is that today that it hits stands? When does the new issue come out? Well, the new issue, yeah, you guys should be getting it today, if not yesterday. Okay. And so we looked at this National Enquirer cover, and uh, my producer, Sarah, who sits across from me, I was busy talking about something else. I don't remember what it was. And I looked over, and you hear that expression, jaw hitting the floor. 
Uh, and it, it, typically that's just a figure of speech, but I looked over and it's like, it was like her mouth had come completely unhinged. Well, now, and this looks cover. like it isn't this week. It's for January 21st, 2008. I think they predate right. the issue. Though. Okay. So, right, exactly. So the cover of this Inquirer says it's, it's a picture of Britney Spears, uh, and it's looking for all the world like Terry Schiavo, and it says, I'll kill the kids, Britney's breakdown, meth drove her over the edge. So uh, please to explain. Where do we even begin with Britney? I mean, I know I mean she, yeah. she has been through so much, and it's so sad, and this week we have... The ex- we have an exclusive eyewitness, minute-by-minute minute account of the bizarre and, and dangerous situation inside her house the night that the cops came and she was taken off to the hospital. It does look on the front cover here like there's some sort of video footage or some sort of surveillance footage. I don't know if that's a recreation or an artist rendering or whatever. It, it, it's a photo recreation. Okay. Um, exactly. So, uh, without kind of kind of giving away the whole the whole candy store here, this is is this from one of her assistants or a family member? Can you even say? Or I mean, who who? What kind of sources do you have for this? We we can't say who our sources are, but we can definitely say that we stand by their accounts of what they saw. We have eyewitness sources. Um, these are people that you know we that have relayed the story to us. But our sources are confidential. We, we can't give them up. <laughs> I would say at this point probably the Spears family is also, um, uh, how do I put this? You're probably not on the Christmas card list for, uh, list for the Spears family at this point. Uh, because there was that, cause one of those, a couple weeks ago that you guys were saying, well, Jamie Lynn Spears is pregnant. And the, the Spears family lawyer sent off some blistering and now wholly laughable uh, letter to you guys claiming that it was not true and that she was an upstanding mm-hmm. Christian girl and, and so forth. So... Anyway, so with this quote of I'll kill the kids, is that an actual quote that came out of Britney's mouth at some point? According to our sources, that is something that Britney said. She said, she, I, want, I want them with me. I want to protect my babies. I mean, in this new story that we have out this week, we've uncovered the fact that Britney was taking a, a very dangerous mix of three different drugs. Um, including methamphetamine, and that caused her to, you know, not be able to, to think logically, not be able to respond logically, and that was really the, the thing that kind of sent her over the edge, and everything that's happened since then has been a result of that. What do you think at this and, point Brittany could afford a better class of drug? Don't you think she could afford to do something a little bit better than meth? I mean, really. <laughs> Nothing Britney does surprises us at this point, to be honest. I suppose. Um, it's, 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 it's unfortunate, but, you know, she, she was uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder back in February. And so, you know, she was taking some medication. She was abusing some medication. And she was in the house acting, you know, crazy in this, in this standoff with police. Um, and, and it's really sad because, you know, she's having a lot of issues with her family right now. Um, she didn't really take too kindly to Dr. Phil going over to the hospital to try to have some sort of intervention with her. Um, you know, her mom kind of kind of sent Dr. Phil over there in place of herself because her and Brittany are not getting along. So uh, we're talking to uh, Dorothy Carceseri from uh, the National Enquirer. What is it? That, what do you uh, make of this, this story that I think the son or somebody had it, that Kevin Federline, in what must now be viewed as a staggering lapse of judgment, gave her, I think, a handgun at one point for Christmas or as some sort of a gift? 
Yeah, that that is uh, that is something you know that was being reported that she did in fact have a handgun um, at at the time of the standoff. Um, that's not exactly confirmed though, so I don't want to say that that's necessarily fact. Um, but she did, you know, take Jaden into the bathroom when the police came to her home on the night of January third. She was you know, holding on to him, and an insider tells us that she locked the door and she climbed into the bathtub with the baby. So she definitely was acting very irrational, um, very illogical, and, you know, really endangering the, the life of this child. Thank God the cops came in and they broke down the door and took Jaden, you know, away from her. Um, but, you know, sources tell us that she was acting totally crazy, mumbling something about killing herself and taking the kids with her. Uh, And, you know, like our cover says, and then saying, you know, I'll kill the kids. So, I mean, really, I mean, you've got handguns, you've got meth, you've got hiding in the bathtub during a custody battle. I mean, it really is, gee, if they're any trashier, they're going to have to start some sort of a jug band or or something and just, you know, whittle sticks on the front steps of a general (laughs) store somewhere. At some point, if you, let me ask you this, here's a question I always wonder about, not just with this story, but the inquiry, like with the Bruno Molly shoes during the OJ case and the John Bunny Ramsey stuff that you guys at the inquiry came up with. You guys are, uh, uh, I mean, a staggeringly accurate uh, uh, news, but for, in other words, for in terms of the perception sometimes people have of the Inquirer versus the reality, I mean, you guys really get the goods most of the time. What are the odds with something like this where you have this inside scoop on what happened inside the Britney house that the cops or the a DA or whoever comes to you guys and, and subpoenas the Inquirer and says you got to turn over what you know? Well, I can't really speak to that. I mean, everything is... Certainly possible. That is a possibility. You know, they have gone to news outlets in the past and done that type of thing. Um, you know, and, and we do have information here that's exclusive to the Inquirer that's not anywhere else. Um, I, you know, I did also want to mention to you we have this kind of minute-by-minute um, minute, uh, recount of what she, she was acting like once she got to the ER. We interviewed eyewitnesses, and you're never going to believe this, but she was, she was screaming and yelling in different voices. You know, like like wow. an actor learns a British accent for a part, and uh-huh. then you know, possibly a uh, you know, she kind of has a, a country accent to begin with. But she was um, a, a, a witness tells us that she was you know babbling like in a little girl's voice, saying, "I don't like this game. I'm not going to play oh, anymore." That's the creepiest oh, thing I've ever God. heard. Isn't that scary? Jesus. And then and then and then before wow. that, she's she's jabbering on you know in, in a southern accent, and then and then a British accent. Saying that she wants needs to go to the loo, okay. I, I don't. I don't think anybody in Louisiana calls the toilet the loo. I mean, I'm not from Louisiana, no, so in, I'm not sure. In but... Louisiana, they still call it newfangled. <laughs> but she was having this kind of almost what appeared to be this schizophrenic um, episode where she was taking on these different different characters almost like she was auditioning for a part in a, in a TV show or a movie. Oh, um, right. And and she was just really disoriented. She was kind of trash-talking uh, her dad, saying he's unworthy to be my father, and, uh, you know, it, it, it took a sedative to really calm her down. Really? And these are, these are eyewitness accounts. I hope you don't think that we're bad people, Dorothy, when I say that this is the best thing I've heard all week. Really, I have to tell you <laughs> that. So you're just going to have to forgive me if that makes me sound like a terrible human being. <laughs> all right, when this issue hits stands when? 
this issue hits stands today. If, if it's not already on stands, uh, you know, where, where you guys are in Portland. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, we'd love to have you back at some point, Dorothy. Thank you so much for rescheduling with us. Thank you for spending sure, a few no minutes problem. with us today. All right. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Dorothy Casaseri from the National Enquirer. Richie, you want to uh, make sure that we've got her... Uh... All right, there you go. Fantastic. Oh, How cool is that? Good Lord. I don't like this game. I don't want to play anymore. Sounds like talking to I was just going to say that. You'd better be nice to me. Yeah. All right, she was cool. I dig her. Fantastic. Best show ever. All right, wonderful. Uh, well, I, I don't even know what I can. I don't even know what I can add to that. Oh man, I'm going and buying that right after. The oh show. no, you and me. I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna, we should send somebody to get it at the plaid for us today. Are you thinking, Richie? All right. Uh, before we do anything else, let's. Well, I uh, want to know. Oh, we need to talk about the sweater too. I, my, I'm wearing a striped sweater. Fine. It's like a Freddy Krueger sweater. It's sort of like Freddy Krueger. I also now, are got the sleeves really short, or did you? Push no, I kind of got them pushed up because otherwise, uh, it, it, like they'll catch on like papers on my you desk. Have or... long arms? No, I don't. I just. Uh... I'm just messing with you. I can tell that you feel a little insecure because you don't wear that. No, no, no. I'm don't. No, I'm fine with this. But if you notice, whenever I wear something uh, like a long sleeve shirt or whatever, I always push my sleeves up. It's just I. So I must have. At some it looks like you're wearing a tiny sweater. <laughs> I must have gotten into the habit of it from like getting my sleeves maybe caught in something or catching them or whatever, but it's kind of a thing I do. Um, no, I got Freddy Krueger. I got Rugby Team. I got uh, Are You Auditioning for Duran Duran. I got that this morning. Uh, it's We should describe it for people. It is a uh, a crimson and gray striped sweater. Well, it has colors. Usually you don't wear color. Tim actually, this was Tim attempting to be complimentary today. He just said, Best thing ever. Tim said, well, it's not a comment on the sweater as it is on your, as much as it is on your lack of variety. <laughs> Which I suppose is a fair Which is assessment. exactly true, and you were getting kind of weird out, but it's, I've never seen you in anything but, like, black t-shirts or gray sweaters. Yeah, like I mean, I guess it's like I'm fine with the sweater. I like it. It's just, um, it's not that I'm insecure about it as so much as it is, it's sort of... And because it is Oregon and it's cloudy out, you kind of blend in with, I guess, your environment. I, it's just kind of amusing out. to me that like that all I have to do to blow people's minds is to wear something that has a stripe. Maybe it should scare you that you blow people's minds by just changing your shirt and you should I mean, realize really, that you look the same all the time. I mean, imagine if I did something truly weird. It would just kill people if I just came in dressed as a woman someday, which everybody would die apparently. So yes, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing something that's not black, and it is stripy. So it's like you're go. ready for Cougar Football Saturday. <laughs> Am I ever? Oh, Let's uh, do this. It's called Sex Panther. By Odeon. By Odeon. Next, I'm going to wear a bunch of Echo uh, rhinestone clothing on this. quite fun. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Richie Bristol. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you feeling today? Gosh, it's like every day now. <laughs> yes, it is. Here's the thing. If you drink every night, you feel this way every day. That's... Oh, it's like alcoholic math 101. I think it has something to do with working that little corner room. I think that room makes people drunken sex maniacs. <laughs> Don't you think, Scotty J? Scotty a sex maniac? Well, I got Did I say that? I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I got all these text messages last night from Aaron uh, Duran and Scott Daly. And we'll get Aaron's side of the story later. And it was like, so the Geek Squad is in full effect. Bachelor party and swing. We're at Mary's. And then later it was like, we're at the Acropolis. But then one of them was like, and the Pimp Squad just arrived. So yeah. uh, was it the full Pimp Squad? Yeah. Jesus. Cool. Do you guys go anywhere without each other now? Is it... It's uh, like a some sort. It's like a conjoined twin sort of thing where you you well, all have to go out at once. Well, they invited the Pimp Squad as the. Pimp oh, squad. really? Did Aaron yeah. actually invite the Pimp Squad yeah. to come along? Fantastic. So it's like a, as one unit. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus. If you would have said me. I would have been me. And, and did you accept on your official letterhead? Yeah. Exactly. 
<laughs> do they have to put a request through your people? Well, they would have run it through you, Tim. You're our oh, you I did get to, I got two texts from, uh, from each, I got a, a text from Aaron and a text from Scott. They both apparently drank the Cobra whiskey last night. The Cobra Scorpion whiskey. Oh, yeah. Which, which begs the question, what sort of low-rent, sleazy-ass strip club are you at where you could bring in your own bottle of open whiskey that has a scorpion in it? Well, actually, we were at the Montage, which is still there because I forgot it under the table. Oh, wow. Did you leave the Cobra Scorpion whiskey yeah. behind? Oh, I feel so bad. Oh, for the person. Imagine how terrified a janitor will be when he oh, reaches under that table. That's and there's a janitor. A, that's somebody our age who's just trying server. to make a living. Reaches in and brings up a bottle with a Cobra and a Scorpion in it. That might be illegal, Richie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they made us leave. Oh, did you get kicked out of the montage? No, I don't think it's possible. They're so great there. But they said we can't have that there, so we had to... Uh, so you hit it on. So you hit it under the. No, no, no. It's too late now. So wait, hold on. We have to just stop. Okay. So you guys, the pimp you squad and the geek squad. You don't have to call the squad. montage on the air, right? Totally. Okay. So you guys, the pimp squad and, and the geek squad, all go to. I got to call them the geek squad because that's the name of that computer company. But you know what I mean. You, the geeks, and then you, the pimp squad, all go to the montage. Uh-huh. You have the open bottle of Cobra Scorpion whiskey. They came over and told you, you can't have that here. Yeah. And but this is after everybody had already drunk it, right? Yeah, it was, we were, we, yeah, there was were like 12 just, guys. Did you just have it around. sitting on the, passing it around? Yeah, and then they said, whoa, they noticed what we were doing. They're like, no, you can't do that. And really? So, yeah. I, did that surprise you? I was wearing my big jacket, so I put it in my pocket and walked out. But then, you know, I just came right back in. Oh. <laughs> You're all class. But, um, but it was never seen again. Okay. Uh, but because you put it underneath the table where you then forgot it. Yes. So it's still there now. Yes. Okay. It's like almost gone, too. Oh, so Jesus. Gross. So there's, a, there's actually a cobra and a scorpion exposed now to the air, rotting away yeah. inside the bottle underneath the table at the montage. Yeah. But so Aaron, is that where you guys started? Did this is what they get the for montage? being so obnoxious yeah. when they bowled next to me, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so you started the montage from where? Where did you go then? Uh, to uh, Acropolis. Oh, that's where I started getting all the text messages. Come to the A-Crop! Oh, Not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, and then you went from there to what? The moon and sixpence? Yeah. All right. And then, where we went. and I don't know where. And then you were going to end up at the Rose and Thistle at some point. I don't know if that ever happened. But um, So, here's what I saw this morning when I came in. I came in, uh, and I knew that you were already going to be kind of hosed today because you guys were out drinking last night. And we do have to call the montage later. But I walked by Richie's room this morning, and he's watching a YouTube video. Oh, no. And, you know, you by now I've learned to recognize the hallmarks of a Richie Bristol video. It's all like a night vision. It's kind of shaky. And then there's a bunch of offstage, you know, like off-camera drunken voices going, yeah, well, yeah. You know, and they're all... And so I'm trying to think if I should make Sarah guess or if I should just tell you what the video was of. <laughs> oh, God. I bet it was of... Richie getting a lap dance. No, but see, it's not even that sophisticated. <laughs> and I swear to you, I sat there and watched it for a while because it took me a minute to figure out what I was seeing. Because I'm like, that's weird. What? This is a really tight shot of something. What is it of? I can't. It's a full screen, full frame. What are we, what are we looking at here? And I'm watching the video, and then I realize it is just a long, 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 tight shot of a woman's bosoms. Like, in a t- like covered. But, like, it's just like they found some woman in a T-shirt who had pleasing whatever you know breasts and it's just like Richie is talking to her and meanwhile the camera is just like trained on her breasts the entire time <laughs> sort of swaying back and forth because whoever's holding the camera Richie is drunk but it's just like a big shot of a woman's boobs filling the entire camera lens I got permission though <laughs> yeah because that makes it less sleazy no. <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong I I'm all for hooray for boobies you know but All I right. mean, 
So you start at the montage. Uh-huh. And you drank all the cover whiskey. You left it under the table. Then you yeah. went to the Acrop? Yes. And then where'd you go after that? Uh, to that English bar. The Moon and Six Pants. Yeah. Yeah. Where Fatboy was. Yes. And then what happened there? Uh, we played darts. I sat around with Aaron and Fatboy Roberts from Kiffo. At what point did you realize you'd left the Cobra Scorpion bottle behind at the montage? Right when we were getting to uh, the crop. And you just decided not to go. But there, should we go back and get it? No. We're here at the strip club. Well, we were all we were in a van. Joel, our driver, drove us around. In, in a van. Big... Thirteen guys all loaded up. Oh, God. A... Imagine what that van smells like this morning. Oh, God. Jesus. Imagine the fuck yeah, so coming who out all of that. Was, yeah, who all was there? Uh, Aaron Duran, Scotty, the Pimp Squad, um, Dave, who, David, who's getting married from California. There was like an English metrosexual guy there. to call him Metro Poppins. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Anyway. Uh, it's so, almost hard to believe I didn't go. And, uh, yeah. Uh, February Roberts met us at the Sex Pence, or whatever that was. Sex Pence. The Six Pence? Oh. <laughs> All right. It's the moon and six times. On a scale of one to one to ten, how hungover would you say you are today? Uh, it's higher, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> it's like So a, you're actually really hungover. It's just that the tolerance is being developed. Yeah. And, uh, all right, and so then Timmy Ryan and those guys were all there? Yeah. All right, fantastic. All right. Well, uh... We'll talk to you later. We'll get Aaron's. Uh, we'll get Aaron's side of the story later on oh, too. I'm yeah. sure he'll have his own his own observations about last night. I got a lot of video, but it's going to be a lot. There's so much bad, bad, bad in there. Now, wait, hold on. What do you mean by that? It's just nothing's clean in this last night. But I mean, was it just? But was it just? Was it just filming them? I mean, was there something specific happening in the video? Oh, there's people. It's weird. You start getting drunk, they open up and they start saying things like, "Someone's getting married and they're talking." Someone is married and they're talking, and they're saying, "You better erase that." And oh man, there's evil people's eyes looking at me, going, "You better erase that." Like they're gonna beat me up right on the spot because they just said something they shouldn't have. Like somebody asked me on the show later today. Anyway. What did Aaron say on camera that he needs a rest? I, yeah, he would kill me. I can't say nothing. Oh, see, now I have to guess. Now I have to try to figure out what it is. But the Pip Squad did chip in and uh, hook him up. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Oh, yeah. Hooked Aaron up? How yeah. did you... Please tell me you didn't buy Aaron a lap dance. Yeah, with the sexy librarian. Oh, God. Really? Yes. Okay. Did the Pim Squad really chip in and purchase a lap dance yes. for him? Six dollars and sixty-six. Six dollars? What kind of a lap dance do you get for six dollars? <laughs> three of us. Oh, each. Each. Jesus, I was going to ask you with the Hawthorne strip or something. I was say, where's that? <laughs> All right. Oh, Thank boy. you, Richie. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so uh, there you go. Uh, we'll take a break here in a second. Coming up, Bob Costantini. Later on, Lemmy from Motorhead, Aaron Duran, and uh, the noon news hour. I don't really have anything to... Uh, I can't uh, augment that in any way I've... Nothing to add. Uh, all right. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go upstairs and look for my shoes. Back after this. Flight delays. Hey there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. This is coming up. we got uh, Bob Costantini in a few minutes. Tim Riley at noon with the noon news hour. Later on, Lemmy from Motorhead. Uh, he's going to be at Dante's tomorrow with his other band, The Headcat. Uh, Aaron Duran uh, from Film Fever Radio joining us. Top 5, Jackass 2.5, and uh, so forth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. It's Dante. How can I help, How can I help you, sir? Hey, uh, uh, just regarding the, the opening, I'm going to see that movie tonight. And the, after, the I, Mist? I just wanna, yeah, The Mist. 
I just want to, I know it's been out a while, so I just didn't want you guys to assume that there's people, most people have seen it, because I haven't seen it, I'm just, I'm just paranoid about spoilers. Now, so. where, where are you seeing it, sir? The Academy Theater on Stark. Now, is that like, oh, is are you going to get pizza at uh, Flying Pie? Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. Now, is that, is that like a, is that like a brew pub theater? Is that like a, is that like a, like a Kennedy School thing? Yeah, it's a, yeah, they serve beer and they, they serve pizza from next door. Right. I don't know if I'm going to have the pizza. I don't really know if that's the best. I, I'm not telling you not to go see it. I'm saying I don't know if that's the best best environment in which to see that film, though. Oh, uh, really? Well, oh. I know you're making it too dramatic, I think. I think that you can see it. I don't think, because like at the Baghdad, people aren't talking the whole time. I, ever ever since the uh, the thing with the Star Trek Nemesis, I've been always been paranoid. I was just, just going to say that uh, my only observation was going to be that both times I saw The Mist, uh, the theater was full of jackholes just running their mouths, and that was at a regular, oh, ordinary theater. Right. So, okay. just, what, you know, cool. I mean, just, you know, word to the wise. So. All right. Well, one other thing. Uh, this is yeah. kind of a request for an opening. Have you guys ever done the opening for War Games, the sequence in the bunker where they're where they're going to turn your key? Have you done that one? No, we did the. Uh, great wait, hold on a second. I think I actually have a War Games opening that we did at some point. Let me check here. Uh, I don't think we've done the opening, but I think we've done. Let's see, where did it go here? Um, maybe I haven't. Maybe we haven't done anything uh, from War Games. It is entirely. Oh, wait, the other night and I thought, oh, wait here we go. Hold on. I think this is it. Shall we play a game? Oh. There we go. Thermonuclear war. I think we've done that one, but we might do the other one at some point. Yeah, that, that's a great scene. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. There you go. Stay out of the mist. All right. I know I'm not trying to, to be down on going to see the mist, and I'm certainly not opposed to places like that or the Laurelhurst or whatever. Man, I just had such a bad experience twice in a row because there's horror movies that are sort of fun. You know what I mean? It, like there's a horror movie where you know you get the, the audience is sort of giddy because it is kind of a fun uh, sort of uh, you know the, the, where the, the, the tension and you know where there's the scare and then you sort of laugh afterward. Uh, and then there's and then there's the mist, which is really just devoid of any goodness and hope. And but why life. would you? It's this Friday night. Why would you want them to be devoid of any happiness? Like, because there'll still be beer and pizza at the end, even though it's. A I suppose it's not really the beer and pizza. It's just the crowd. That was my whole thing. It's like the crowd at a place like that. Uh, I, I would just fear. I fear the uh, you know the snickering. That's what I have. It. I got I got the inappropriate laughter all the way through the mist when I saw it. So it just uh, it, it fills me with the urge to kill. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we got a couple of this. Uh, Rick. Uh, this is a question for Bob Costantini. Um, Rick, I thought you'd find it amusing that I just got an email from Apple since you were talking about the Genius Bar the other day. So, I just got that too. Really? Uh huh. Do you know that? Do you realize they don't even call their they'll call their employees staff? They call their employees at Apple in-store concierges. Oh, I didn't see that. That's what I'm saying. He says they referred to their Apple staff as in-store concierges. I was just laughing because it's like, look at the non-threatening hip white people. Oh, totally. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, really? We're here to help you. That's, I mean, and you do have to admit that that's true. I mean, Apple makes good products. You know, in a, in a certain sense, Apple products are among the best on earth. They are fantastic at marketing, their branding, the advertising. Steve Jobs really is an unbelievable genius at, the, at those sorts of things. And I mean that in a, sincerely. That he really is one of my true idols in that sense. But, man, you really have to admit that in a lot of ways, Apple is just the whitest company on earth. Totally. They are just so unbelievably Caucasian. That's exactly what I thought when I was looking at I my mean, yeah. email. I'm like, really? You know what those are? Those are future kink listeners right there. Uh, Rick, I'm sure you don't tune in, but there's a show on the Oxygen Network called The Bad Girls Club, where unstable sluts all live together and party. Oh, I watched I'm one season already. of that. It was the greatest show ever. <laughs> unstable sluts live together and party. That's wonderful. Like the... the 
alcohol never stops. They throw each other in the pools and like downstairs. And, and stuff. are there pillow fights? Um, no, they're all like, you know, they're all like big bosomed and whatnot. Of course. And totally skanky. Is it a whole room? Is it a whole house of tequila tequilas? Well, anyone who's tacky enough to like call themselves a bad girl yeah. and go on a reality show, obviously they're just going to be. That most trash. And really, and I think if you call yourself a bad girl, you're probably not. That kind would of be like my. Richie's with the pimp squad. <laughs> exactly. If one must refer to one. You can't let them know that you're part of the. You pimp let them squad. sense your pimpitude, Richie. You don't advertise your pimpitude. Ah. Uh... Uh, anyway, he says uh, there is a radio morning DJ from Portland on it. Her name is Naveen. Naveen. You guys must all run in the same circles. Can we discuss this? First of all, purge your mind of the idea that we all quote run in the same circles. I can count on, I mean, less than one hand, probably, the DJs from other radio stations that we spend any amount of time. We really, I think it's just Squid at this point. I think he's probably the only one. But then there the are lots of them one. that we're friends with. I we, suppose. I think, is she... Like Gustav and all those. Is that the girl from Janin? Do you know? I don't know. Because if so, I think uh, Scott and, uh, Scott, Scotty and I uh, ran into her at the, the, the Portland Teen Idol competition, I, if that's who I'm thinking of. What, did she look like a bad girl? No. No, in no way to do which is why it may not be her. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, do we want the guy who has the Joker telephone to come in the studio today and discuss it with Aaron? Yes, sir. Yes. Dan, if you are listening to me, uh, yes. That is the... Uh, How do you spell Naveen? N-A-V-E-E-N, he says. Okay. I think she might be from Jammin, if that's the girl I'm thinking of. Uh, if so, she is hot. I'll tell you that. She's uh, gorgeous. Of course, she's on a reality show. Rick, please, please, please tell me when the Geek Squad and the Pimp Squad converged. Everybody broke out into song and dance, a la Jets and Sharks. That's fantastic. Someone, I need to be writing that right now, like a When You're a Geek song. Uh, all right. Let's do one more here, and then and we'll when you're uh, a pimp. Oh, talk to a... When you're a pimp, you're a pimp, a pimp all the way. Oh, no. Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Yeah, that uh, that War Games uh, clip you just played kind of reminded me back. When's the last time you saw that movie? Uh, I haven't watched War Games all the way through in like a decade, probably. So, I mean, are you aware that in that turn your key scene that that's your buddy from the West Wing? Who? The uh, advisor or uh, what is it? Who is it? Uh, the uh, shoot, he's on Law and Order. And, I mean, L.A. Law. Um, you know, God, what is that guy? He was the advisor to the president. Leo McGarry, chief of staff. Yeah. Oh, uh, John Spencer. Yes. I really is that true? I have to go back and watch War Games yeah. again because it's been had, yeah probably had, the '90s since I saw that film. Exactly. I just caught the first part of it probably a month ago, and I said, "Oh my God, that's that's John that's, Spencer." That's uh, you know, you know, another great role that John Spencer was in. There's a fantastic uh, movie. It was uh, for a while. In the early 90s, there was this sort of tug of war between Scott Turow and John Grisham over who was going to be the Stephen King of the legal thriller world, and it ended uh -huh. up being John Grisham. Scott Turow, though, wrote one brilliant novel, uh, which was then made into a, br a brilliant movie called Presumed Innocent. Oh, yeah. Harrison Ford and the hot-as-balls Bonnie Bedelia. Uh, exactly. But John Spencer is in that as sort of a sleazy, gumshoe, private eye type, and he is fantastic. I so, love watching some of these older movies, you know, like from the 70s and 80s, and yeah. I haven't watched in a while. And you see somebody that's been right. famous for a while, you know? Here's, here's another thing that'll weird you out. Uh, I don't know when the last time you saw the movie Seven was with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Go back and watch Seven, and the guy who is Kevin Spacey, you know, the guy who is John Doe's league, uh, uh, lawyer, is yeah. Toby Ziegler from the West Wing. Oh, no kidding. It's creepy, and he shaves, he doesn't have a beard, and he looks completely different. Go back and check it out, though. Oh, wow, that's cool. All right, thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. All right, bye. Somebody wants to know if we merge the Pimp Squad and the Geek Squad, if they are, in fact, the Gimp Squad. From Washington, D.C., ladies and gentlemen, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. 
CNN radio correspondent, Constantini. And a good Friday uh, morning to you guys. It's afternoon here in Washington, but good morning. Good, good morning, good Friday, all that good stuff. Is it, in fact, good Friday? No, no. <laughs> that's, a, that's a few weeks away. We haven't even had Lent yet, I suppose. I don't know. What are you giving up for Lent, Bob? Are you going to be giving up this program? Are you going to be giving up, uh, going to be giving up my tomfoolery for 40 days? How can I give up my bread and butter? <laughs> yeah, excellent. Thank you, sir. I remember when I was a kid, I would... Only always, if you do. I would always... No, we would never give you up, sir. That would be a sacrifice too great for these narrow shoulders to bear. I remember when I was a kid, I would go to Catholic school, and I would always try to be... Uh, I would always try to be a wiseacre, but I'm going to give up homework for 40 days, and then they would just, you know, beat me. Um, hey, I'm me... giving up broccoli. <laughs> well, you and George Bush. Um, let me ask you this real, real quickly. This is—I don't know if, you're, if you've seen this, and I don't have the story in front of me, so I hope I'm getting it right. Sure. Is it, is it uh, Mike Huckabee who was quoted today as saying that he quote feels really sorry for Fred Thompson? Have you seen that? Uh, no. I, I have to dig it up. I just up. got here a little while ago. So. I have to I have to dig it up, but I'm pretty sure that he was interviewed somewhere this morning and that Mike Huckabee said, I feel really sorry for Fred Thompson, which is great because that comes on the heels of last week when Obama was trying to finish off Hillary Clinton and he said in some he said, Well, the he said the Clinton campaign is just really depressing to me. And he was clearly just trying to seal off whatever oxygen she had left, uh, which didn't work. But I Fred Thompson is one of those guys that I mean, you just get the sense of that man just screams footnote at this point. Um, it seems that way, uh, Rick. Um, he um, he's the most well known, perhaps besides Rudy Giuliani, I suppose, of uh, the people who've been running for president because he was on Law and Order for so long and in the movies and was a senator in Tennessee and all that. And that's why so many people in the Republican Party looked at him as some sort of savior to come in and, um, you know, rescue the party from uh, the other names out there. Um, but it has been amazingly tepid, the response to Fred Thompson. Amazingly tepid. And that might be putting being generous, really. That'll be, his, that'll be the name of his biography. <laughs> when William Novak writes the inevitable book, amazingly tepid, the long political journey of Fred Thompson. I don't expect him, uh, truthfully, if I can put on my analyst hat uh, and still remain objective, I wouldn't expect him to uh, remain in the race uh, after South Carolina. It, it, it staggers me that he's still there now. I mean, the man must have... I mean, I was going to say he must have vast financial resources, but on the other hand, he's not really spending any money on anything right yeah. now. So I guess, I guess maybe you know, maybe he doesn't have to spend any money because he's not really running any ads. He did the, I don't even really, you know. So a lot of Republicans questioned uh, how much his heart was really into this. Well, but, he uh, he actually was in the Washington Post, I think, saying that he didn't even want to run. He was he was running because someone else told him to. Yeah. So and then it almost appears that way. Um, whether or not that's the whole truth, it's hard to say. But, but you know, as we've discussed here numerous times, uh, uh, ego will trump oh, just yeah. about anything. Well, this and show is, will make you run for president. This show is the living proof of that statement, sir. <laughs> uh, before we talk about this driver's license thing, I have one one uh, bit of breaking news and then one question. Uh, we will talk more about this breaking news with Tim Riley here in just a few minutes. But apparently, um, uh, O.J. Simpson's bail has been revoked. He's going back to jail. <laughs> that's so great. Uh, all right, uh, let me ask Luckily, you. Luckily, that's not my bailiwick. <laughs> so to speak. Was that a pun you just made? Well, in a sense, bailiwick. no, because it just came off the top of my head. But uh... Bailiwick. All right. Bailiwick. All right, sir, that's how you want to roll. Um, that's why we have uh, Jim uh, out in L.A. 
Uh, here is a question, and I don't know if this is something you can speak to, so I apologize for springing this on you, but somebody sure. said, uh, says, Rick, I heard this morning that out of all the Democrats, only Clinton was registered in the Michigan primary. Obama and Edwards were boycotting and not even registered, uh, that essentially the Democratic options in, in Michigan are Clinton or undecided. Yes. Um, says, do you have any ideas to why they would do this? Um, and so it's not like it says, um, it, it, it says why is this happening? So, yeah. um, The... Uh... Michigan uh, leaders uh, decided that they wanted to push their primary up to be close towards the frontier, um, and that went against what the uh, the calendar that had been set by the Democratic Party in particular. Um, the Republicans only um, put a small penalty on Michigan, and that's why you see John McCain and Mitt Romney campaigning there significantly. Mitt Romney is, uh, was originally born there. His father was former governor. And uh, McCain is hoping to, uh, you know, make a good showing there as well. And there's 30 delegates there at stake in Michigan. Um, but for the Democrats, uh, basically, uh, the Democratic Party will not recognize the results of the Michigan primary. So um, nobody really has been there to campaign uh, for the Democrats. Now, if the Democratic Party isn't going to recognize the results of the Michigan primary, does that, though, constrain Hillary Clinton from saturating every news outlet with Hillary wins Michigan primary. Well, what uh, what may really come into play here is that uh, the delegates, uh, the the initial response from the Democratic Party has been to deny Michigan its delegates, uh, will not seat their delegates at the convention. But anybody who ends up being a Michigan delegate eventually, um, and, you know, there are ways that this will all be spun, but anybody who is a Michigan delegate will more than likely take to heart the results of the primary there, and that could be uh, relatively good, I guess, for Hillary Clinton yeah, because uh, being the only person apparently on the ballot. It is all about perception. You know, perception pays as reality, yeah. and she did effectively stanch the, the Obama wave, at least for a little while, and so whatever she can do to further her own momentum, well, whatever. Um, but they had all pledged not to campaign there. Uh, and a final uh, note, so it, my driver's license is actually coming up for renewal in actually just a short while, and so, of course, it... it, it it is, of course, punishment for some sort of past sin that apparently, what am I going to have to do? What is this business with a driver? Am I going to have to go and donate bone marrow or something before they'll give me a driver's license this well, time? Well, before we go too far with this, Rick, um, today the Department of Homeland Security decided to put off once again implementing uh, this secure uh, driver's license oh, uh, okay. provisions. <laughs> so it, it is, uh, and, and the key provisions will not have to be implemented until late 2014 and to 2017, uh, based on the announcement that was made today, and they had initially extended these deadlines to December 31st, 2009, but there were there a significant number of concerns among the states, and that's what uh, Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff uh, stressed at his news conference today, that the state's concerns um, – were really what made them push this back, well, and, and not necessarily concerns about uh, privacy and national ID things and, and all those uh, uh, ACLU. That's fine. You know what? At this point, I mean, you know, they just want to put the chip in my head. I'm okay with that. <laughs> there you will know? be a new administration by then, no matter what. No, I mean, so <laughs> whatever gives me less stuff, I have to carry around in my pocket. I don't care. Doesn't it? Doesn't I am at this point? I'm ready for the mark of the beast. They can just put it right on my forehead. I don't all care. Right. All right, uh, my friend. Enjoy your weekend. Big. Plans? Always a pleasure. Um, no, actually, I'm doing some work. 
for CNN or like you putting up a rain gutter? I no, I have to do. I do some outside work as well. I do some other freelance work. Okay, and uh, I'll be working oh. and uh, be here on Sunday. Uh, Holding down the fort for a CNN radio. As only you can, sir. The Sunday talk show. A one-man, Dan yeah. you're the Daniel Boone to CNN's uh, <laughs> fort, uh, whatever, the Alamo. Actually, my head, too. there's nothing much on my hair. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Enjoy your weekend, Bob. All right. Thank there you. There you go. Bob Costantini, ladies and gentlemen, from Washington, He liked you today. Yes, he did. It was a good day. And I Bob liked day. him. It's I, a great day. It's because of your sweater. I like, you know, but I'm going to turn on the heat a little bit because the sweater's making me hot. Hold on. Pretzels are making me thirsty. Pretzels are making me, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was that. All right, here we go. Yeah, this, too many layers today. All right. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Tim Riley's going to have this breaking story about O.J. Simpson's bail being revoked. Ah, yeah. Feel that. Uh, later on, Lemmy from Motorhead. Snuff Watch coming up today. Jackass 2.5 and Aaron Duran in studio. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Right. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. Dear Rick, with Tim's rampant xenophobia in mind, I feel he would appreciate a heads up on this. Tim, it looks like this Saturday, hordes of Portlanders are planning on riding the max with no pants on. I saw that. So there you go. And they are usually the ugliest people in the world who instigate such things. Uh -huh. Hoping good-looking people will join them. Never happens. <laughs> it's just ugly people getting naked. It's like those women who march topless at Berkeley. Right. Good-looking people don't give it away. No. <laughs> Only ugly people do. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> Rules to live by. Ugly people give it away. Good-looking people keep their trousers on. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. No, seriously, isn't it true? <laughs> Every time somebody tries to form a group to take one's clothes off, it's always ugly people hoping that beautiful people will join them. Then it just turns out to be a huge group of ugly people with no clothes on. No, it's true. Like the topless bike rides and all that stuff. Probably. And like, uh, what is it, Rooster Rock? Isn't mm -hmm. that the, uh, there's a nude in Soviet Island where there's a nudity and whatnot? Yeah. Oh, I've been there before. No, and again, Not as a participant, I... as an observer. No, and, and you, I mean, and, and you, and you all know exactly what I'm talking about when I say it. Some, every time some group of women decides to take off their shirts and march, uh, hairy armed through the streets of California, uh, it's always just some, I mean, both women and men. Bunch, bunch of wildebeests. Yeah. I mean, no, and men too. Yeah. Exactly the same. I mean, it's, um, boy, can I tell you this? Speaking of men and, and nudity, um, and I tell you, I had, a, I had the weirdest dream the other day that I was at the swingers club. I had the we and you know why it was? It's because I was driving home and uh, one of the guys, and I now don't even need to worry about revealing the names because I've, I think I've forgotten the name of that. I've switched the, two, the names of the two guys in my head. But I was driving by the the wife swapping club the other day, and I saw one of the guys who gave us the tour with like a, you know, like a hand cart, you know, like a hand cart thing. Um, like wheeling in like 12 cases of bottled water. Um, and I was just thinking about that. About it. it flashed me back to the whole tour we took. And then I had this weird dream 
I nah, I don't even want to reveal it because it's gonna it's gonna indicate something. I because people are gonna read all kinds of things into this. But I had this weird dream that I was at the swingers club and we were in that downstairs room where the water is, where the viso was. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the big uh, there was like, like the, the big tent? the big bed with the sort of bed mosquito thing? netting around it. I was sitting on one end of the room and I swear to you, Aaron Sorkin was sitting on the other end of the room and we were just sitting there. Not doing anything, and then there was just people walking between us. And then I woke up. I swear to you, that was the dream. Anyway, but you are correct. Yeah. Am I right? No, you are right. But that's, I was just thinking about this. The people who always too. organize these people are always the ugliest people in the world, complaining <laughs> that people don't allow them to take off their clothes. We are. We just don't want to see you. Acres and acres of jiggling pink flab. <laughs> Take off as many clothes as you wish. Let me know where it is so I can avoid it. <laughs> let me look. Let me know so I can look the other way. Exactly. So I can put on some sort of protective goggles. I'll stay home, thank you. <laughs> so you will not be one of the pantless Max Riders. No, I will not be one of the pantless. Tim Riley doesn't give it away, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, a few minutes ago, we had the breaking news that O.J. Simpson's bail is oh, revoked. This case just from Fox. However, oh no, the same reporter whose name is Adam Houseley updates his message that says. Bail may be revoked. Oh, come on. Because of some sort of phone message. So right. this is from Fox. It well, says Fox here. is the same people that reported that uh, uh, there was a Britney sex tape and then took it back. Uh-huh. So now it says, the headline says, Bail may be revoked because of some sort of phone message. And it says here, quote, We got this tip late yesterday afternoon that O.J. Simpson's bail was being revoked and he would be heading back to Sin City Friday afternoon. Throughout Thursday night and into Friday morning, we heard the information and waited for O.J. to get packed up in Florida. At uh, 1.15 or so Friday afternoon, that's their time, the call came, and within seconds, the entire L.A. office, bosses included, were on the phone to every contact we know in Vegas and about this case. Uh, let's see, the show in New York was notified, and they were on the air 10 minutes later when they got a second confirmation. Here's what they know. The DA, we're quoting Fox now. The D.A. attorney's office in Vegas is currently meeting with a judge in this case, Jackie Glass. The D.A. has filed a motion in Clark County, Court, that's Clark County, uh, Nevada, not here, asking that OJ's bail be revoked. That hearing is set for this coming Wednesday. OJ is currently arriving at Miami International Airport in the custody of his bail bondsman. Now why Florida? Uh, why is it Florida? Because it wasn't, it, he lives in California. Lives, I thought he lived in Florida. Well, but the, but the case was in Nevada, though, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. this burglary case. Mm -hmm. So is he going to be jailed in Florida? Uh, perhaps so. Oh, it's okay. He's All in right. custody of his bail bondsman of. You ring, we spring bail bonds. Wow, really? That's what it says here. Is it you like a like a you, or is it Y O U? Uh, y O U. Okay, but it could be wrong. It's you Fox. ring, we spring. A close friend of OJ said the former football player is crushed, and was really strict in abiding by the rules of the bail. The close friend of OJ also says that Simpson even avoided Christmas parties where people involved in this case might have been. Uh, Fox is told the bail may be revoked because of some sort of phone message. So that's their update. Uh, Originally, they say said a few minutes ago that O.J. Simpson's bail is revoked. Okay. Now they say it may be revoked. And we'll be watching that. Let's all hope. Let's have a moment of hold on. Let's have a moment of silent prayer that O.J. goes to jail. <laughs> uh, this guy says, Rick, on the beaches of France. Older women always go topless, and older men always wear a Speedo. It is horrifying. Yes, as I imagine it would be, sir. All right, here's, uh, here's Tim Riley. So we have a uh, storm report for the Vancouver tornado. This comes to us from the uh, National Weather Service, so this must be official. That severe thunderstorm that moved through Clark County in southwestern Washington yesterday spawned a tornado. All right. 
Uh, the tornado touched down just after noontime near Vancouver Lake and then moved northeast into Hazeldale. After a damage survey assessment by the National Weather Service staff, the tornado has a preliminary rating of an EF1. And they, uh, they rate this using the, this is what it is, the Enhanced Fujita Scale. The Advanced Fujita Scale. That's like a Richter scale? It sounds like a fajita scale. It's, it's, it's spelled like fajita. But I'm not sure if it's... Well, anyway, they used a fajita scale with an estimated peak wind speed of 90 to 100 miles an hour. Uh, the tornado was approximately a quarter mile wide with an initial path length of two miles. The tornado lifted up and touched down multiple times. There's, there's another report that the tornado touched down again near Hawkinson, Washington, about 1245. The majority of the damage was found near the boat landing on the east side of Vancouver Lake. Another hard-hit location was about a third of a mile east of the boat landing on Sluman Road. Are you yawning? Between Northeast 3rd Avenue no. and Northwest 12th Avenue. Yes. It produced quite a bit of hail just north of the tornado's path. 200-plus trees are down. Most of the trees were 12 to 24 inches in diameter. They were snapped off. Six trees were in excess of 36 inches in diameter. 64 homes were damaged. Preliminary a roof damage, although some broken windows are observed. 19 power poles snapped off. Uh, three light construction structures damaged, and a semi was tipped over. So and this this guy sent this to me. This is uh, Somebody had asked me this about the warning. Say, uh, we had a guy, a guy had emailed us and said, is it true the warning tells you to lay in a ditch? And we'll look that up. Uh, we've got it right here. Uh, let's see. Uh, safest place to be is in a basement. Cover your body. Always stay away from windows. If in mobile homes, evacuate. Even they know that God hates trailers. Mm-hmm. If in mobile home, evacuate them and get inside a substantial shelter. If no shelter is available, yes, lie flat in the nearest ditch. So there. And how? If you're and, in and some of the construction guys did jump into a ditch. They is were that, doing some road work. I don't understand why though. Why are you laying in a ditch? I don't know. Maybe your body just tells you to do that. You have very little time to react. But I mean, you do want to save yourself. And no, no, no. I understand that. But I'm saying, what is the physical advantage? Do you suppose of being in a ditch? Well, because it'll go over you, and not touch you if you're in a ditch. In a ditch, you're kind That's, of underground. This seems like specious logic. Let me understand this. So, th- you know what this is, Tim? Yeah. Okay. And I, I realize now you are just repeating something that the National Weather Service has told you. But you know what that is? That is the duck and cover of the tornado world. It probably Nuclear is. weapons won't hurt you if you're six inches lower and underneath a school desk. So the idea that yeah, the, they, uh, the fire doesn't burn a school desk. That the radiation can't, radioactive fallout won't find you if you're near the ground. Uh, the idea that a tornado which can tear down a billboard, peel up stop signs, lift up cars, and take the bricks up the side of a house can't somehow get down another eight inches and get you out of a ditch seems to be... That seems to be uh, the ill-founded. I don't really know that anybody's examined that. You're just begging for phone calls. I'm just... Way. Well, no, I just... Do you... Re- well, let me ask you this. Do you remember this, Tim? You lived through the Cold War. Uh, and Sarah is not old enough to remember this. Probably Sarah didn't even know who Eddie Haskell was. I had to explain during the break... I knew him. You knew from singles. Yes. But I had to explain during the break who Eddie Haskell was and what his primary traits were. We were well, saying see, that, now I know. We're saying that Timmy Ryan is the Eddie Haskell of AM970. Um, it, 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 I don't know if you remember this during the 80s. Do you remember that what they told you to do in case of a nuclear uh, strike or well, a nuclear exchange? It was duck and cover or uh, throw yourself close to a wall. The other thing that they described, and this is true, the Reagan administration during... And they, it weirded me out when I was a kid that they stopped calling it a nuclear war. They started calling it a nuclear exchange, which sounded like some sort of Christmas present swap. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Reagan administration said that if you were uh, going to be the victim of a nuclear exchange, that you were supposed to... Dig a hole in your backyard, get uh, in the hole, and then take like take like one of your doors off its hinges and put the door over the hole. 
Mm -hmm. And then someone was supposed to throw dirt on top of the door, which was covering you in the hole. They didn't ever explain about how the person who was throwing dirt on top of you, how they were then supposed to save themselves from immolation. So these things never bear up under scrutiny. Then there's uh, Connie's story. She was walking her bull mastiff along Northwest Anderson Avenue, which she was picked up by the tornado and thrown across the street into a fence. The dog? She and the dog. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And uh, some unfortunate lady... Uh, who just lost her husband like two days before that had her house damaged. Uh, so, I mean, how bad can that be? That's unfortunate. So, uh, oh, here we go. A few blocks away on Northwest Overlook Drive, David Ellsworth and his crew were digging a ditch. Out of nowhere, they started coming, and they jumped into the ditch. As soon as he and his crew jumped in, the storm passed over their heads. That's creepy. So that explains why you should jump into a ditch. All right, let's see here. Well, somebody will tell Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, uh, I'm from Chicago originally, and there were a lot of tornado warnings and whatnot, and the theory was to get, like, lay next to a curb or get into a ditch is because a tornado will go through stuff. It doesn't go up and over things. So technically that little dip or, you know, seclusion down there is supposed to, you know, keep the tornado from, I guess, tearing your body apart. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for just bottom lining it. But, okay, but here's my question. If yeah. you view a tornado as basically being like a big vacuum, it's a pointy vacuum, right? Right, right. Okay. All right. It's a reverse vacuum. That's what I mean. It sucks things up and blends them and then scatters them everywhere. Yeah. So if you're, in a, if you're in a ditch and the tornado goes over the ditch, isn't it just going to suck you up out of the ditch and just shred you? Um, well, I guess you're supposed to white-knuckle it to the curb or grab onto a branch or yeah, anything work. nearby to kind of hold your body down. But that that was the theory from what I had heard when I was a kid is that tornadoes yes. go through stuff. Not up and over it. All so right. I guess yes. to have that six-inch lip is going to save your life. Who's right. been sucked out of a ditch by a tornado? I was just going to say, I didn't have not... a special prize. Not going to be called up and Not going to be happy sure. until, until somebody has survived being thrown out of a tornado. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yes, hey, I'm from the Midwest also. And um, How sad that that's a pedigree for these calls. Oh, you would not believe how many Midwest prisoners are out here. Anyway, um... If you get if you're in a ditch and the, and the tornado goes directly over the top of you, mm-hmm. yes, it is going to rip you to shreds. But uh, if excellent. You, yes, if you are laying down in the ditch, then have the winds uh, and, and it's not going to hit you directly. The winds are going to and all the debris that the winds are taking are going to go over the top of you, and it's also harder to suck you out of the the ditch. So right. you, you're safer lying down. I see. So this is to protect you from flying junk. From, from flying junk and also just to get caught in the wind. You're out of the wind when you are in that. Fair enough. Okay, so it doesn't protect you from the tornado as such, but from debris. I don't think a tornado would dismember anybody. You say that now. You know what? I don't know. You were just asking God to send a tornado right into Tannisborn, Tim. <laughs> so am Flying I. in the face of the Almighty like that. <laughs> I, d- I doubt that a tornado could cause damage to my body. All right, thank you. Thank Yeah. Going to find your limbs in Tennessee. No, it picks up cows and big things and blows them around. Okay. Here's Tim Riley. I'm going to go rent that movie, uh, Twister. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, do that. Yeah, because it's, fanta- it's a fantastic piece of filmmaking. It is. No. Uh, this is kind of weird. Two people are dead firing a fiery crash near Washington Square Mall last night. It closed down Southwest Hall Boulevard for several hours. Uh, witnesses say they saw a speeding vehicle become airborne. It was going 100 miles an hour. It hit the side of the Meeker townhouses at 7745 Southwest Methany Drive, landed on its roof, and then burst into flames. It took several hours of the crews using a crane to remove the charred remains and whatever was left of the people inside. Uh, it was next to a retaining wall and a pond. 
It's not a, it's immediately apparent that there's a one victim of the crash, but they can't confirm the second death. But apparently this guy had a passenger at some point. Oh, that's at some point. Mm -hmm. First there was a passenger, then there was no passenger. Mm -hmm. And it was going 100 miles an hour. Yeesh. All right. Uh, investigators went door-to-door -door along Southwest 198th Avenue looking for information to lead them to the suspected hit-and-run driver after they found the body of 28-year-old Rebecca Mary Murphy in a culvert south of Butternut Street. This is in the suburbs. And luckily, you know, they wouldn't have found him, her, if somebody hadn't driven by and wondered why there's a shoe by the side of the road. Oh, well, we all know whenever you see a shoe by the side of the road, there's only one answer to that. Oh. So somebody noticed the pink shoe. Oh, actually, this pink shoe was in the middle of the road. So somebody gets out of their car to stop the search for the area. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the shoe always. It, and it's so weird that that's just like it. You, no one ever really talks about it, but that's a universally understood thing. We all know what causes the shoe to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A teenager accused of robbing an elderly couple, but they were eating at McDonald's. As identified as a 15-year-old, he's already in custody on unrelated charges. This uh, rotten kid confessed to the crime and uh, had the charge of second-degree theft added to his list of crimes. Congratulations. The team was just hanging around with several other uh, useless young men at Northeast and 92nd and Powell. <laughs> of course. Where Douglas and Jeanette Stewart were enjoying their nightly walk in McDonald's snack, as they do every night. The boys approached the couple and initially asked them for two $1 bills. But when Douglas pulled out his wallet with $200 in it, bad move. The teens grabbed and ran. So never trust kids. Let me let me thumb through this huge wad of cash that I'm carrying in Southeast Portland. Well, he has $200 reason. because he ate at McDonald's. Apparently. That's exactly, you know what it is? That's the, that's that McDonald's that's right by the Carl's Jr. everybody was trying to get me to go to last night. Mm -hmm. Last number to go to that Carl's Jr. up by 90th. Yeah, no, no thank you. So that's that. All right. Rat kids. Uh, sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, hey, guys. Breaking news. Channel 2 is reporting that O.J. Simpson has been taken into custody in Florida. Okay, taken into custody or yes. that they are threatening to take him into nope, custody? No, he is in custody, they said. Okay, I believe he was in custody already with a bail bondsman. I, I don't even know how that works. How does that... Uh, wait, hold on. Let's stop. So when this all happened months ago, last month, two months ago, they took him into custody. Okay, here we then go. he was out on bail. Now, I have another OJ story popping up right here. So okay. Let, let's get all the information we have. All right. Thank you, Rob. All right, guys. OJ Simpson is in custody in Florida and will be brought before a judge next week in allegations he violated terms of his release on bail in Vegas. So does this mean he's going to be in custody for at least a week? Yeah, it looks that way. So O.J. Simpson will be in jail for at least a week. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. The hearing is scheduled for Wednesday. Wonderful. So he is in custody in Florida. Attention, paging Jim Roop, your weekend is no longer your own. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Fantastic. So he is in jail. And he's going to be, uh, and the trial is happening in, or the hearing is happening in Florida? Oh, he looks like he wants to kill everyone. Oh, how'd you like to wake up and see that looking at you? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, he's looking at you just wondering how he far you... He knows he's screwed. He's just fighting his time. He's, he's looking he's at... Done. That I is, will eat all of you. That, that I was going to say, that is the look he gives you when he's wondering how far your blood will spurt. All right. How many... And when he's sitting there wondering how many licks it takes to get to the center of your carotid artery. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I was wondering, that lady that was the uh, victim of the hit-and-run, shouldn't the headline have been something about a wait, burnout? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Now, before you before you say this, I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about whether you want to say this. Oh, sure. He's already decided it isn't going to matter. Do you feel like you should say this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, guess what? It's still not going to happen. Bye now. Hi. Uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, uh, the getting in the ditch for the tornado. Uh-huh. 
Like the lady that was walking her dog, she got pulled sideways into the fence. And the guy called yesterday. His semi had gotten moved sideways across the freeway. It's to prevent you from getting sucked sideways because a lot of the stuff that gets pulled into the tornado goes sideways. That's right. right. If, okay. if, if you noticed, the foliage being pulled off the trees, it was going sideways. So it's not straight up exactly. from the tip. It's sideways into it. Yeah, it's exactly. not like somebody put a vacuum nozzle down. All right. Okay. All right. Excellent. All, All right. right. Thank you, sir. Hey, you bet. All right. This has been the most interesting week ever. Can I make a hit-and-run death joke? Really, honestly, what goes on in your head? Jesus. All right, it has been a strange week. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a Chinese man took a chicken out of the freezer after two days and was shocked to find it was still alive. Again, Shugan of Chenju City said the chicken was a gift. He wrapped it in a thick plastic bag with its legs bound, so assuming it was dead, he could put it straight in the freezer. But two days later, when the Chinese man opened the freezer, he was amazed by what he saw. He heard weak sounds. When he opened the bag, a red head popped out. It was still warm, and I removed the tape, and the chicken stood up. Uh, the bag also contained a big chunk of frozen excrement. Please tell me, please tell me that, that he hailed the chicken as a miracle and then just cut his head off and ate it. Well, no, there are no miracles in China. It's a communist country. <laughs> the, um, but, I mean, is he going to keep the chicken as a pet? I'm missing. There's the in America. So the story would have shown reenacting the removal of the chicken. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Though in America there would be a, there would be a, like the final act of this. There would be the the denouement where he would say, "And now the chicken will live to see another day." He's decided to keep it as a pet. Well, their refrigerator is so small. I don't know how he put that chicken in there. I mean, there's barely any food in China to put in a refrigerator. I was anyway. just going to say, what really do you have to? It's, it's about as big as a microwave. It's not like you, you got to keep a, you know, a bunch of butter, butterball turkeys or something in there. All right. So that's that. Just, a, just the freezer's only got to be big enough to hide that other baby the state told you not to have. Oh, that's that too. Uh, so let's get on to some other things here, shall we? Uh, Ron Paul is disavowing racist news letters that were published under his name in the 1980s Ooh. and 90s. Ron Paul. Oh, that guy. A lot of people think he's going to win. Nobody <laughs> no, no, they don't. Yes, they do. No, no, a small number of crazy people think he's going to win. All right, a small number of crazy people. Okay. Some of the newsletters slam blacks, gays, AIDS victims, Jews. Martin Luther King Jr. runs the gamut. On CNN, he claims innocence when asked who wrote these things. I have no idea. Uh, have, have you ever heard of a publisher of a magazine not knowing every single thing? The editor is irresponsible for the daily activity. He disavows racist comments in newsletters under his name. Everybody knows in my district that I didn't write them and I don't speak like that. And nobody has heard me ever say anything like that. So everybody knows that uh, I don't participate in that type of language. But the point is, is when you bring this question up, you're really saying you're a racist or are you a racist? And the answer is no, I'm, I'm not a racist. All right. Well, okay. Uh, after last night's uh, GOP debate in South Carolina, which probably nobody watched, who cares about South Carolina? Uh, Mike Huckabee said he walked away feeling that uh, Senator Fred Thompson needs some new material. The Riders Guild strike needs to end soon. He's got to get some better lines than the attacks <laughs> he used last night because they were so off the mark. And I all but felt sorry for him. Eight years in the Senate, and he had nothing to say for his Senate career other than he attended some meetings, uh, cast a few votes, made a few trips. Who ever heard of him before this? No one. What did he do? Isn't he been on Thompson or something? No, he was in the Humphrey Red October. That's oh. a, the... Um, that's his starring role, not in the Senate, but the Humper October. Did you see this thing about Mike Huckabee d telling Iran that they're going to see the gates of hell? That's interesting. <laughs> interesting. That's another word for terrifying. Let's put him in the list of to don'ts, huh? Uh, like, it, the, asked whether American commanders on the scene were right in not attacking the Iranian boats. Mike Huckabee said, before warning Iran, 
Oh, he said he backed the decisions of the vote before warning Iran. This is this is Mike Huckabee last night addressing Iran. In case you want to know who you ought to not vote for for president, be prepared, he says, to put your sights on American vessels and then be prepared that the next thing you see will be the gates of hell. Haven't we had enough of this for, you know, like, like over the last... Wasn't this... Wasn't that what George oh, Bush... hell comment? Wasn't George Bush last year was saying that he wouldn't rule out using nuclear weapons? Well, he's been saying that every week, but nobody pays any attention to him anymore. No, he's sort of become... You know what George Bush has become? George Bush has become like Beetlejuice's head at the end of the film, where it's just sort of shrinking down, and then it's, just, it's small, and you can't even understand him anymore. Mm. But it does unnerve me that Mike Huckabee is sort of... Mike Huckabee is sort of warming up in the wings with his desire to nuke everybody who isn't us. So anyway, I think I have that. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Mike Huckabee on the Iranian uh, speedboat controversy. Uh, apparently, this has been that South Carolina debate. Let's listen. Ron, Governor Huckabee, did the American commander in the Strait of Hormuz the other day make the right decision by responding passively when approached aggressively by Iranian fast boats by believed to be from the Revolutionary Guards? Uh, he also received, as you know, a warning that said that the American ships might be about to blow up. Uh, did he res did he make the correct call, sir? I'm going to trust that the president, with the information that he had and that those so commanders dull. had, made the right decision. I think be. we need to make it very clear, not just to the Iranians, but to anybody, that if you if think you're going to engage the United States military, be prepared not simply to have a battle. Be prepared first to put your sights on the American vessel. And then be prepared that the next thing you see will be the gates of hell. For that is exactly wow. what you will see after that. But, but sir, in this instance, in this instance, oh. Jesus. All right. Well, everyone's using the gates of hell line. How can you resist? I, I, I don't really know. I thought the well, never mind. The gates of hell. <laughs> I was gonna, was gonna. I thought the gates of hell were something else. In what way? Doesn't matter. All right. About a dozen senior campaign staffers for Rudy Giuliani uh, will go without paychecks. It might be a sign of possible trouble. Do you think? It says, <laughs> we have enough money, we can all always use more money, says his campaign manager. At the end of December, the campaign had $15.5 million in cash on hand. $7 million of which was used for the primary. He disputed the notion of a cash-strapped campaign. How is it that he has no money to pay people? Uh, he's not campaigning anywhere. No. I mean, I think he's just sitting at home, like, watching TV or something. Well, he poured uh, millions of dollars into advertising in Iowa and New Hampshire, only to come in far behind his opponent. His advertising is expensive. I mean, everybody just jacks up the rates. Why shouldn't he? Apparently that, uh, let's see, that missing Marine lady is uh, dead. You heard about her a couple of days ago, didn't you? Mrs. Ladderback is dead and has been buried here in Onslow County. The suspect in the case is the Marine accused by her for assaulting her. These people sound scary down there. That's uh, for North Carolina, that Sheriff Ed Brown. He said the authorities are now searching for the burial site of the pregnant 20-year-old Lance Corporal Marie Ladderback. The sheriff said she'd been dead for quite some time. The suspect is the same man accused of rape. Months ago, authorities say uh, she, refu she refused to meet with the sheriff during the investigation. Oh, he refused to meet with the sheriff. He believes that this unwanted man took off early this morning. He has not been named a suspect in the death at this time, but everybody knows he did it anyway. Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City Mayor Ralph Becker. I thought they had a different mayor. I thought they had Rocky Anderson. Rocky well, something. they've had a vote, I guess, since then. Uh, so the, their new mayor, Becker, is already moving to put his agenda into action. Oh, the new mayor. He is the new mayor has delivered an ordinance to the city council, which creates a citywide domestic partnership registry for all residents. He said the registry gives all residents of the city the same level of equality, dignity, and respect. 
And uh, well, here he is. Certainly, it's important that all of the residents in Salt Lake City are both welcome and have equal opportunity in terms of uh, in terms of benefits. It's uh, it's important, I think, in providing good services for all of our city residents. When he come like right from a celebratory uh, three martini lunch or something? He might be. He said uh, the domestic partners will also be able to use all city-owned recreation facilities, which are previously off limits. Uh, excellent. I'll have to call my in-laws this weekend and gloat about it. Fantastic. Ethan, are we happy to hear that? Yes. It's that time for a story about a chicken mascot. Uh, the planning board of Woodland Park, Colorado, met to discuss issues, including those surrounding a, re a restaurant's chicken mascot. This is a mascot for Wild Wings and Things. The chicken has been holding up a sign, aside from the highway to attract customers. They want to review the sign code in order to preserve the city's rustic appearance, and that does not include chicken mascots. The current code will only allow the chicken to hold its sign 20 days out of the year. Are we really talking about this? Yes, we are. <laughs> now, a proposed revision would give the chicken 90 days. Okay. That's uh, 70 days more than the chicken currently has. Uh, Wild Wings and Things owner Lisa Brandon says even a 90-day window for the chicken would restrict and hurt her business. As business owners in Woodland Park, we are not just storefronts. We are people with families, and I don't, I doubt very much if I'm the only one that has my life savings invested in this. You're also people in chicken suits. And this is where? Woodland Park, Colorado. Okay. So currently, the chicken can only stand outside 20 <laughs> days out of the year. Oh, wait. Look. They, they want the chicken to be able to stand outside 90 wait, days out of the year. Hold on. Okay, this is a real person in a chicken suit. Yes. Okay, see, I thought it was like, oh, I explained it's a mascot. Okay, now, it's <laughs> no need to be snarky. <laughs> I thought that it was like a mascot, but sort of like a like the Hooters owl. Like it was a mascot, but sort of just on like a billboard. No, no, no. This is a uh, chicken mascot. So it's a person standing at some poor soul. <laughs> some who's only allowed to stand outside <laughs> okay. 20 days no. out of the year. Okay, now see, now I understand why you picked the story. See, sometimes I, I, I say to my, like, you're, you're reading this story and I have this internal model like, why are we talking about this? <laughs> when what was Tim's internal review process? What, what was Tim's news triage that led to the story being because read in our knew, valuable airtime? I knew if I was able to gain your attention, you would love no, the No, you story. had my attention. I'm just not all that bright. Okay, but now as soon as it came, as soon as I put it together in my head that it's someone in a mascot outfit, it all made sense because that is something we love. Wonderful. So now, what, so 20 days a month, a year? What is it the city council is saying the chicken can do? Right now, the chicken can stand outside 20 days out of the year. They want to give the chicken 90 days outside. Jesus. Imagine how cold it is, too. I'm in Colorado in January. That can't be a lot of fun. All right. Well, there you go. So that's that. Fantastic. Well, we wish the chicken the best. <laughs> I should have put the two... If I put the two chicken stories together, that might have kept your attention. I guess. I'll do that next time. Okay. Uh, New York City has an ongoing battle with pesky rats. A new pilot program has been introduced, and inspectors with the Department of Health and Rats are canvassing neighborhoods with handheld computers to document rat sightings. How would you like that for a job? And they want to uh, get, give the, uh, the city hall more information about future rat purposes. The city health commissioner, Dr. Thomas Friedman, said a new program is starting in the Bronx, which has the highest rodent population in the city. We're going to systematically look at every block in a defined area and then try to reduce the areas where rats may breed or what they may eat to reduce the numbers. So they have these handheld rat counters. But there's going to be no getting rid of the rat. Why, why do we even have programs like this? I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not paying for it. Well, they have a new program that allows inspectors to visit hundreds of rat sites on a daily basis. <laughs> and to educate the, and 
and help educate <laughs> residents on how to best keep rats at bay. Get a terrier. Yeah. Will there be hundreds of people attending these I'm meetings? I'm just going to say, move to another planet. Uh, no, that's that's not going to work uh, at all in any way. All right. Have fun. Are they going to have one of those like those supermarket clickers thing? Where it's like, they just, as the rats walk by, the, chink. Oh, like they cut the fish at the bottom of the Exactly. Someone with a red line on a window. So, no, they got rats the size of uh, horses down there. You don't want to screw with that. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, you can begin filing your 2007 tax returns electronically today as the IRS opens up the e-file program. Uh, Dave Williams, that sounds like a friendly person for the IRS. He says almost 60% of Americans used the e-file last year. That was up 9% from the year before, and we believe it's it's going to continue to grow and move in that direction. Our ultimate goal is that everyone file electronically, but we know that's going to take some time. You know, he does sound like one of those fake actualities they have in an onion story. That's exactly what Dave Williams sounds like. How, do you oh, ever, I have another story about the onion. Thank you, you for bringing that up. I wonder this, though. Uh, do you ever... Um, wonder how it is that someone it, it, it comes to work at the IRS. Oh, their relatives. Is that true? Yeah, I have relatives that have government jobs, and they just pass them on and on. Is it so it's just like a friends and family, but it's a, it's a legacy kind of a yep. thing? Because you, you think to yourself, like, no one no one wakes up one day and, I know, I wish to work for the Internal Revenue Service. I wish to be hated by everyone. I mean, I guess it's job security, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's that. You You're there for life. Now, I was talking to somebody the other day who was a, training to be a dental hygienist, mm-hmm. and which just seems to me like just mind-crushingly tedious work. Uh, but I guess, you know, as this person pointed out, there's always going to be people with teeth. And, I mean, it really was hard to argue with that logic. So I guess there's always going to, unless Ron Paul gets elected, there's always going to be an IRS. So, all right. So, by the way, if you e-file, you get your refund more quickly. And, in fact, uh, if people use e-filing and they ask for direct deposit, they can get their refunds in as little as 10 days. Yep, it's true. Okay. By the way, first of all, A, I can hear the tone of voice that you get sometimes when you are uh, when you are passing along a piece of advice or a suggestion. Which I strongly th- believe That in. I can tell you yourself long ago instituted in your life. Such as, if you e-file, you will get your return. And that's the horn of it. The implied, the subtext there is, if... If you follow the pattern set by me, Tim Riley, you <laughs> if you emulate my behavior, your life will become better. Um, well, it's better living through radio. Okay. Boy, how much do I wish I had this soundbite? And we'll take a break. Apparently, KEX uh, was doing a piece on the the pantsless max ride that's going to be coming up, oh. where all these people are going to be riding the train with no pants on. I mean, is there going to be boxer shorts? Does anybody know? No. I think they're wearing their underwear. I saw a picture of it. Ugh. Can you imagine a train full of people within their underwear? Well, I already saw a picture of some of the participants. Really? Is, yeah. it, is it exactly the kind of people we think mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head out, for, out yeah. for an afternoon yeah. max ride? And who would want to look at that? <laughs> Ooh, I like your lumpy calves. Uh, all right. <laughs> your pasty white dimpled flesh. I find it so alluring. Okay, but listen to this. He says, I was listening uh, to blah, 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 some guy. Uh, on KEX just now, do a piece on the pantsless Max ride on the new news. He says, this is what he tagged This is what he tagged his story with about people riding the Max with no pants on. Well, I hope he mentions us. He says, quote, I hope they don't get too nuts. <laughs> <laughs> too nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's hilarious. I wish I had sound. Oh, maybe they podcast. <laughs> maybe that's archived. I have to dig it. I have to dig it up on the net. And, yeah, and I'm sure. That. I'm sure their audience listens to podcasts. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, to, I don't have a computer, and email seems to be the only way people communicate. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back. 
more. I don't know why I'm so giggly today. You know what it is? It's because of all yesterday's tornado craziness. It's a striped shirt. <sighs> yes. This striped shirt is making me crazy. All right. Hey, back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. My new shoes are here. It's fantastic. And they're on your feet. They are. Uh, as Tim was pointing out, I don't even need to leave my home to buy shoes now. I ordered them yesterday uh, around uh, 10.30 a.m. Now they're here. Free overnight shipping. Fantastic. I don't even know how that's possible. I was talking to Bridget about this last night. I was actually thinking about that. I've been perplexed about the Zappos. Well I don't before. know how they do. I mean, they FedEx those. I mean, to FedEx a letter overnight costs $15. So I don't know how they FedEx shoes overnight, because I'll tell you this, I, and I'm not shy about this, all told, including the overnight shipping, these shoes are $104. You know, when I went and I bought them at a store in Seattle, they were $101. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. They I must have special shoe planes. Are they... That's actually, no, Tim has a good point. Maybe they have their I own just like jet. the idea of a special shoe plane. The Zappos Airlines. Um... Or they just buy in bulk or something. I mean, maybe they, they, maybe they buy the shoes wholesale uh, or whatever. And then, uh, well, okay, fantastic. So I'm going to be lacing up my new shoes. We'll be talking. I, somebody sent me this. I don't think this is the audio we're looking for. Um, I'll have to double check. This is we were looking for the KEX audio where they were describing the pantless Max Riders and where the guy apparently ended it by saying, I hope they don't get too nuts. I'm going to have to... Um, I'll have to scroll through this in the next break and see if I can find it. All right. Uh, thank you, whoever sent this to me. Uh, here's Tim Riley. In case you missed our breaking news a few minutes ago, O.J. Simpson is going back to jail. <laughs> a judge has revoked O.J.'s bail. The court official said the judge decided to revoke the bail amid allegations he was in violation of his bond. A Nevada court judge says a hearing will be scheduled for Simpson on Wednesday. They currently have him in custody. They're transporting him from Miami to Nevada. Simpson is awaiting an upcoming trial for an alleged armed robbery at the Vegas Motel. These shoes are fabulous. All right. Fabulous? Yes, and fantastic. Uh, don't you think I look good in these shoes? Here's Tim Riley. You're styling with that colored shirt. <laughs> You've just seized on the sweater. The sweater is totally distracting, Rick. Here's the thing. It is really distracting. Like, no, it it kinda, does make you stand out. I'm kind of wishing you wouldn't be wearing it. That's Well, no, but here's the thing. I feel like I can now never wear it again. You know no. why? Because it's that sweater. People wear clothes to get compliments. I understand. Well, I'm going to take a picture of you in the sweater and then put it on the Internet and see if people think that it's as strange as we do. The thing about my clothing is I kind of dress for invisibility. I mean, I, not today. I mean, I sort of dress. I mean, I wish to look appropriate for the workplace. Uh, but typically speaking, I mean, on a weekend, I'll just kind of wear whatever. If it's a Friday, sometimes I wear like a T-shirt or something. But I typically I typically dress just to sort of not be noticed. You know, I don't want to dress badly. But I, I like to dress, you know, to do to, to, to dress well, but to not really stand out all that much. Right. You and look like stairway carpeting. This, most days. Well, you are really full of compliments today, Tim. Thanks. Well, no, I'm just saying you you have an I objective look like, and you meet that objective. I look like a bowl of cream wheat. Yeah. Okay. 
Anyway, so I feel like I can We're now... We're guessing how much we can poke you until you break. I uh, I can... No, I got new shoes today. I'm impervious. Uh, I I feel like I can now never wear this sweater again because I feel like the sweater has become notorious. And now I feel like every day I wear this sweater from now on, there's going to be a raft of compliments. Oh, yeah, that's that one sweater you wore. No. That's the sweater that broke our brains. Because if you make any changes, people forget about it, and you then you fade back into the woodwork after a while. I suppose. The sweater... It, it, I, I'll give you an example. And it doesn't even pertain to you. Okay. A few months ago, I stopped wearing glasses. And then hey, everyone that's for, true. Everyone forgot what I looked like in glasses. That's true. I did realize. Hey, I, I forgot about that. That's a typical that. example when you make changes. Everyone notices the first couple of days, and after that, nobody noticed. So, but, but, but wait a minute. Then, well, I can't believe we're spending this money. I feel like Carson Kressley's going to appear. He's talking about my shoes, now my sweater. But does this mean, then, that I have to buy a lot of other striped clothing? And here's why I ask. The reason we stopped noticing that you were no longer bespectacled is because you stopped wearing them, and now you are without glasses every day. Yes. This is the only, uh, apart from my scarf, this is the only piece of striped clothing I have. So it's still only going to come up like once a month. Uh-huh. So is it still going to freak people out then if I'm only wearing it once a month? In other words, people won't be getting used to it. No. Because every other day I'm just going to be dressed in black again. Well, this opens the door to other clothing that's not black. Can exactly. I, all right. Can I? Can I? Let's, let's not get crazy, Tim. Uh, can, okay, can I tell you this? Here's another thing about clothing. I, I feel like we're on some Bravo show. I do. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to give you... Here is a 10 by 10 square. Everything you are keeping has to go within the square, and we are going to burn everything else. Please make a dress out of the candy wrappers. <laughs> that actually happened last week. Oh, I don't doubt it. Wait, uh, do you... Are you talking about that makeover show? I'm talking about uh, the, the, the where, uh, where they the make what you... not to wear no, or no, whatever no. it is? Uh, no, no, that's no. That's no, Well, maybe that's what you're... I'm talking about the show. The runway show. No. No. Boy, we are just like punching... Did we are... Destination Gaydonia. Uh, we are... No, I'm talking about that show where they come into your cluttered house. You know what I mean? Where your house is packed with crap. It's like they go into the houses of pack rats, basically. And what they'll do is they'll take a tarp, and they'll put a tarp that's about 10 by 20 on your front lawn. And they will say, look, everything from your home that you are keeping has to fit on this tarp, and we are going to get rid of every other piece of furniture, everything you own. Oh, I remember that show. I don't think That's a anymore. terrible show. It's, but it's like people, but you know what, people who have every room is crap, is, you know, knickknacks and furniture and tables and benches and chairs and end tables and whatever. And the thing is, they make you choose, like, basically one room's worth of furniture, and then they get rid of everything else you own. Because people be holding it, well, my mother gave me this footlocker, and so I can never get rid of it. But it's, like, taking up space, and they don't use it for anything. So they get rid of everything that they own furniture-wise. No, the point I was going to make is, I-, I do actually have one other striped shirt that I wear. Um, I have, a like, a striped uh, gap button-down that's blue and white. Here's the weird thing about it. It's, the blue and white stripes are such, and several people did this to me throughout the day, that if you get close enough to it, it starts to sort of go fuzzy, and you're, like it screws with your vision. It starts to get really blurry. Like I was actually talking to Tim Ryan, and Tim's like, you've got to back up. Your shirt's freaking me out. Because it's like it, the shirt sort of becomes like an optical illusion if you're close enough to it. The color scheme and the stripes kind of screw with your depth perception. Well, maybe this is the first step of you, you know, taking on a new look. Because, you know what, I finally had to venture away from the black thing. I wore black for years, and it's fun to put on color. Look, I'm wearing a purple okay, shirt. And I know that we have just completely left the news hour for now, so I apologize, Tim. Not at all. These are very important conversations. No, I mean, I'm saying we all wish to look nice, and you guys dress much better than I do, both Tim and Sarah. Here's the thing, though. Here's, Sarah, why you can say that. You can say that you ventured away from the black thing. 
decided to experiment with other colors? No you more decide, that black thing. I'm just letting you bear yourself. Go on. You decided that you decided that it wasn't just going to be black for you, Sarah. You decided that you'd been you you know you'd gone exclusively black for a couple of years, and maybe that wasn't uh, you know you decided you will to, never go back. You just <laughs> no. I'm just saying you can do that though because you know how to dress, and I'm not trying to you know whatever. You but I mean you have a good sense of style. I think like a lot of guys, I choose black clothing. Because it's simple, and you know that basically everything you have is going to match. You know you, you, you know that you're not probably going to make a big disaster decision one morning. Not like I get all bent out of shape about my clothing, but you know that you're not going to walk into work and we're going to go, <laughs> uh, with black, you know, you pretty much know that everything's going to go together. So they, it's a lot more comfortable for you to branch out and to take chances with your clothing because you kind of know what goes with what. Tim dresses very well. Tim dushes flawlessly Tim every does. day. Every day. Tim's, oh, thank you. Tim's appearance is perfect. Not well, a I'm news man. I, I have to be seen by the public. I, I, though, don't have that confidence. You know, I, I never yeah, know what goes. Man. So, just saying. All right, here's Tim Riley. We were talking about uh, the onion a few minutes ago. Yes. Well, a lot of people are going to be shocked that the person leading MoveOn.org is coming from the onion. They're taking the, uh, wow, they're taking the editor of the onion and putting him in charge of MoveOn.org. Really? Yeah. This email just went out today. An Onion spokesman confirms that their editor departed. His name no longer appears on the masthead. Move on does not provide a comment at this time. Well, you know what's weird? I always wonder about the Onion. Actually, I I'm surprised that nobody has done, and maybe they have, uh, a documentary about what it's like to work at the Onion. I mean that. I, that well, that's because it's in Wisconsin. It's off the beaten track, and people just don't go there. The place is fascinating. Somebody told me, and I don't know if this is true. Somebody told me that the way a pitch session works at The Onion, and this is for the newspaper, probably not for the radio news. I don't know how that Onion radio news is done. But they told me that a pitch session is, the, the way they do it is you throw out the headline of the story. Like you sit around in a meeting, and you come in with a headline, and you throw the headline out, and it's got to make three people laugh to then be considered as a story. Now, maybe that's an urban legend. Did you hear the one about the kid eating the cigarette butt this morning? No, was it fantastic? I laughed out loud. It was so ridiculous. Every now and again, man, the Onion really, I mean, and I'm a big Onion fan, but listen for a long time, but they'll punch you. They'll gut punch you every now and again. The best Onion headline ever in terms of like, a, ah, was where you laugh and then you feel bad for laughing. The best, the best and most cringe-inducing Onion headline ever. And again, where it was hilarious, but you felt horrible for laughing at it was school bully not so tough after being molested. <laughs> See? The exact, everybody laughs at you kind of go, oh, I, oh, I, oh, I'm going to hell. So uh, does, does the Onion Radio News, is it on a rotator? It rotates, yeah. There's oh, three gosh, every day. Oh, play the one. Well, you can. You could just uh, play it in queue until the one you want comes up. I think there's only three every day that rotate. We'll, uh, we'll look for it. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, snow fell in Baghdad today, and what weather officials describe as the first time this has happened in 100 years. Rare snowfalls are also recorded in the west and center of Iraq, plunging temperatures to zero degrees. The snow in Baghdad melted as soon as it hit the ground. It began falling at dawn and continued till 9 o'clock the next day. It's the first time in a century that it's rained in Baghdad. After all, it is a desert, isn't it? Seems like there's some sort of... It's uh, an apocalypse is coming, you know. Uh, there's some kind of Band-Aid joke I should be making there. There won't be snow in Baghdad. I don't know. Whatever. Here's Tim Riley. Well, I might not see the most obvious musical material for a song and dance number, but the diary of Anne Frank will soon take center stage next month when the Spanish musical based on the most famous book about the Holocaust opens in Madrid. Wow. 
Having been rewritten by uh, for film, TV, and plays, the story of the Jewish girl hiding out with her family in Nazi-occupied Amsterdam has never been made into a musical. That's hard to believe. The Anne Frank Foundation, which jealously guards the rights of the diary, it uh, once turned down Steven Spielberg when he wanted to make a film, has given it its support. The production uh, respects the message of tolerance within the tragedy and wants to keep us alive. Being in Spanish can also help take the message to... Uh, Anne Frank's uh, Latin American fans. Anne Frank the musical. Mm-hmm. The Spanish that theater is so group, wrong. They visited the tiny flat uh, in uh, Amsterdam. Well, you've been there, right? I have. Is it creepy? It is. Yeah. I've been there, too. It's it's creepy, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see, I mean, you see the bookcase book and the book whatever. Oh. Yeah. Uh, see that scene? Not that creaky stairway. I read Anne Frank, uh, The Diary of Anne Frank, once when I was like 11, and I was like, even at 11, I'm like, well, done with that. Never reading that again. No. Thank you, no. Yeah, you um, have to tour the house. Oh, man. Hey, can I just tell you this? Did you guys drive by that billboard? Is it, this, is it a billboard that I saw this morning? What did I see this morning that said Autism the Musical? Oh. I Does that sound that. like something that is a billboard autism somewhere? The I swear to God, I drove by a, a billboard this morning that said Autism the Musical. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I swear to you, I was kind of undercaffeinated. But I'm hmm. pretty sure that I passed that today. All right, and Frank the Musical. Look for that to be making people uncomfortable everywhere in 2009. Maybe it'll be like part of Broadway on tour. I doubt that. Clyde and I had the best idea for a Clyde and I had the best idea for a trauma film. Oh, maybe that's not discussed here. I realize now that as I'm thinking about it, I uh, it's going to make people uncomfortable. Never mind. Here's Tim Riley. We can talk about shoes a little bit more. No, too. we had this whole idea. You just said the school bully and the molesting thing. No, we had this whole idea. Well, you know, because trauma, because uh, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, who runs uh, Trauma Film, you know, a lot of he does shoot a lot of you know, uh, a lot of his humor like Mel Brooks through a lot of that really like ethnically charged kind of you know that sort of Jewish dark bent of humor that you know that like Mel Brooks embraces that too mm-hmm. and so we, when last time Lloyd Kaufman was in town Clyde and I were having uh, we were like having lunch or dinner with him or something I, I forget who came up with this it might have been Lloyd himself but we were talking about how we were talking about we were talking about something about how Lloyd wanted to do some variation on he wanted to do some variation on, on Frankenstein or something and something like that about uh, some 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 trauma esque take and trauma films are always really dark and really funny. It's this really black black humor, and so I think by the end of dinner the idea that we come up with was that uh, he was going to be. Um, nah, never mind. I'm not even going to talk about it because it's just the 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 road to get to the punchline is a long one. The road to get to the punchline is going to be so long, but I do think that by the end of the dinner. Lloyd had had the idea in his head of doing a movie called The Diary of Anne Frankenstein. I do think that's where we, I do think that's where Lloyd was by the end of the night. So I, and it was going to, he, he, and we had some whole rationale for like how the movie would work. But I think by the end of it, Lloyd had actually, Lloyd Kaufman had actually scribbled that down on a napkin, like, note to self, Diary of Anne Frankenstein. And then that was several years ago. So I'm suspecting the next day that didn't look like such a great film idea. Here's Tim Riley. And this just in, a U.S. Navy official said a U.S. ship fired warning shots at an Iranian craft during a confrontation in December. So apparently they're doing everything they can to provoke these people into a war. So is this George Bush's final, like, this is his, like, the final to-do list before he leaves yeah. office? All right. So they're not going to be happy unless they get us into a war before they leave and leave a mess. Right. But that's, that's what they're up to. I wonder if they figure that this is like, uh, that they know, do you think at this point they just know that either Hillary or that the Democrats are going to win? And so this is just sticking them with the bill. Yeah. You know what it is? This this is like 
This was like that whole thing where Jim Root got stuck with the bill after the last listener party, where everybody just, like the low, and everybody just, you know, have another one. It's on Jim Roop. Uh And then, you know, and then Jim Jim at one point looks up from his, you know, looks up from his steak or whatever, and the whole table is empty, and there's the giant tab sitting in front of him. That's what this is. All right. That's too bad. I'm sure it's not going to be university. Come back then. Oh, man. The Somebody, now people are just sending me horrible onion headlines. Let's hear some. T-ball stand pitches perfect game at Special Olympics. Hmm. Wow. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Beth Ann Chester, a teacher at the Moon Area School District, could never state this is in. Oh, this is in Pennsylvania. Has admitted to having sexual intercourse with a 14-year-old student. Miss Chester, who's 26. Chester? Is scheduled to have a hearing. On nine charges, she sent lewd text messages and nude photos of herself to a boy. I love the word lewd. The Moon police chief, Leo McCarthy, said today that at least one additional charge of sexual assault will be made against Miss Chester. Is she hot? Oh, no, she's kind of ordinary. <laughs> uh, Richie, can is you... she blonde? Richie? No, she's brunette. Oh, they all seem to be blonde. Richie, can you bring us some coffee creamer, please? She looks like that she would go naked on the max. <laughs> oh. You want to see me without my pants? Uh, yeah, Richie Bristol, if you could bring us some creamer, that would be fantastic. Right, oh, I have some you. creamer. Really? Uh-huh. Here you oh, go. Thank you. Creamer. You want two? <laughs> Is it a Friday? I'm no, sorry. I is. apologize to anybody who's listening for the first time today. We are talking about our wardrobes for 15 minutes. And the diary of Anne Frankenstein. <laughs> the, well, anyway, uh, this teacher waved her Miranda rights, admitted to having sexual intercourse with a boy in her car. He also said the sexual encounter happened in the school parking lot after an activity. Uh, moon detectives are trying to determine the date. At the absolute minimum, there will be one new charge against her. Uh, Ms. Chester remains on public uh, payroll because the school board has yet to meet on personal charges. All right. Can I see the picture of the uh, teacher? You'll see her nude on the max. Well, she's... Well, she kind of looks like Jack Black. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, sorry, kid. Better luck next time. Here's Tim Riley. In the next few months, a deal is expected to be finalized for Christie's auction house to auction up many belongings of the late James Brown. Uh, Laura's representing the Godfather of Souls and State says that auction workers may inventory and appraise the items at Brown's Beach Island, South Carolina, home once the contract is signed. It's not clear what types of items will be sold. During a court hearing, uh, an attorney said the auction will be uh, quite a, a wonderful way to present a positive image of Mr. Brown. Richie Bristol, the warm line is ringing. So that's that. Looking at oh, that somebody package. sent me uh, a book from one of those uh, auctions. It was a dollar. It's called Raised on Radio, and it's from uh, Michael and Seaside. Uh, Michael and Seaside, who sends us many great Thank things. Thank you so much, Michael and Seaside. You know what he sent me? What? He sent you a legally purchased copy of Ed Wood, didn't he? He sure did. The special edition. Excellent. Which I'm going to be watching this afternoon. Oh, by the way, somebody has sent me the uh, the web address. It is just autismthemusical.com. No, I haven't gone there yet, but... Who will start with the local version? <laughs> I don't know. See, and I don't... The thing is, it, I, no, I seems like there's some... No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that humorously. Perhaps it's I like you go on to the next story. No, it's like if you look, here's what I'm saying. Like, let's pretend that it wasn't autism musical. Let's pretend that it's Tourette's the musical. Ask me uh, who's starring in Tourette's the musical. Who's uh, starring in Tourette's musical? I don't know. See, that's funny. Some dog. <laughs> but see, with autism, I guess if you ask me who's starring in autism, I guess I just look straight ahead and hum to myself, and then smash a window for no reason, run around. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be callous. Here's uh, Tim Riley. A Polish schoolboy has caused chaos after hacking into the city's public transportation system and using a TV remote control to do so. Insert joke here. A 14-year-old described by teachers as a model pupil and electronics genius. Mm. 
uh, hacked into the transportation network in Lotz. That's the name of the city. Uh, he changes the track points of at least four different tram routes, uh, leaving dozens injured. The boy told local police he had uh, changed the points on tram tracks across the city as a fun prank. Wait, at a tram? Yeah. In one okay. incident, at least uh, 11 people were injured. He studied the trams and the tracks for a long time and built a device that looked like a TV remote control and used it to maneuver uh, the trams and the tracks. He had converted the TV remote control into a device capable of controlling all the junctions on the line and wrote on the pages of a school exercise book where the best junctions were to move around. He treated it like any other schoolboy would, like a giant train set. But he was lucky nobody would, uh, got killed. He did derail four trams, though, and uh, others had to make emergency stops and... That left passengers hurt. Well, he didn't think of the consequences. No, of course. Children never do, Tim. Uh, in a moment, we'll talk to uh, Scott McCoy from uh, the Minus Five, who are going to be at the Doug Fur tomorrow. Is, yes. that, is that true, Sarah Dillon? It is in true. Just, just one second. Uh, let me back up for just one second. You were talking about he treated it as any boy would, as a giant train set. Yes. Don't you think that train sets now exist as one of those things solely for middle-aged guys to have? When is the last time anybody here uh, ran into a child who had a train set unless the train set had been purchased for them by an older relative? I don't run into children. I'm and just I, saying I, I in see theory. Them, I see them playing outside, but but then you roll up your windows and speed as quickly as possible through the neighborhood. No, I haven't spent time around children, so I can't answer that. I'm just saying train sets seem like one of those things that now the only people who do that are sort of paunchy, balding guys who live in Beaverton. That I mean, that is, true. that is no longer a thing for, for children. So, all right, 503-733-2970. Uh, in just one moment, uh, we will welcome our guest to the show for a second here. Let me just... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Drink some my, coffee? I'm drinking my, my coffee drinking music. It's gone. There we go. Hold on. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Here's what's coming up later on in the program. We will talk to uh, Scott. Uh, I'm sorry, to Aaron Duran uh, from Film Fever Radio. who will join us. We'll give away a copy of Jackass 2.5. Uh, and we will also be uh, uh, we'll also be doing the uh, top five at some point. All right. Uh, let's welcome now to the uh, to the Rick Emerson show from the minus five who are performing tomorrow night uh, at the Doug Fur. Uh, Scott McKay. Hello, Scott. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your uh, your last name uh, correctly there. It's it's just like McCoy, like M C C O O Y, but um, it seemed like you were pretty close. As in, you know, it's okay. That's right. like we. I talked to a woman from the National Enquirer earlier today, whose name seemed to be made up entirely of consonants, uh, <laughs> and so it was just a matter of kind of going. And just sort I of... got a couple of friends like that, and and uh, you know, one of them I called Jed. Excellent. <laughs> it's just easier. Uh, so you are the, the 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 joke you could also do there is that you are Scott McCoy of the. Ah, see, I was going to make a Hatfield and McCoy. It's never mind. We'll just skip. No, it. no, the sur the surreal McCoys. Uh, that, that's that's a good one. Um, I wish it was pronounced the way it was spelled though, because then it would be McCoffee, and that would be kind of cool. You guys are at the uh, now. Are, is it fair to use the lamentable phrase "an alternative supergroup" with you guys? Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. See, if, if if 
that means we're all in other bands so we don't rehearse, then, then yeah, you can call us that. That is what I like, sir. See, there's no false humility from you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Scott McCoy, Peter Buck of R.E.M., and then the Young Fresh Fellows, and the, there's a Robin Hitchcock connection here somewhere. So yep. I'm not going to be like another jackhole DJ that like pretends to be way more knowledgeable about this than I am, but I know the young people are very into your group. So, Well, I don't know about the young people, but there are people who like us. <laughs> give, so give us give us the broad strokes, my friend, of the minus five, and from whence E derive. Well, it's sort of, um, it's a spinoff, basically, of R.E.M. in a way, because Peter and I, you know, Peter obviously has been in R.E.M. forever, and I've been playing with R.E.M. since 94, and then the minus five's regular drummer, Bill Rieflin, now is the regular drummer in R.E.M. as well, so it's kind of a, you know, it, it basically came... Together as something when Peter first moved to Seattle, you know, we needed other things to do because the Young Fresh Fellows weren't playing that much, and RM, you know, was taking a year off or whatever, and um, so we just started strumming around together and making weird psychedelic folk music, and then it sort of turned into a rock band now, somewhere it, along the line. Did you guys back up uh, or part of you guys back up Robin Hitchcock on his last record? Yes, it's uh, it's Bill Rieflin, Peter, and I. It's the same three guys who play in the minus five and play in R.E.M. So I have to ask you, uh, Robin Hitchcock in person, uh, completely and utterly crazy or not? No, he actually is not. He's he's very entertaining, <laughs> extremely entertaining, and he's actually a really good listener. You wouldn't necessarily um, know that, but uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's not like that super crazy, you know, individual that you might expect from his lyrics and from his onstage patter and all that stuff. So... So I know that any guy who's in a band, especially a band that is sort of made up of the parts of other bands, you get tired of being asked this. But um, it, it, when someone comes to it to see the minus five, what uh, what sort of musical experience ought they to be expecting, my friend? Well, like I said, it's usually a little bit sort of by the seat of our parents because we're all in other groups and stuff, so we um, we don't get together a whole lot to um, you know plan a big rock show with flashing lights and stuff like that. We sort of get up there and uh, ramble through. Um, you know the songs that we sort of know <laughs> and and you know that probably sounds a lot worse than it actually is because we're actually all pretty good so um you know we get up there and pretty much rock out and have a whole bunch of fun and you know people drink and it's one of those kind of affairs excellent the minus five performing tomorrow night uh at the dougford you all have a uh, a website the myspace a, a thing there is uh, there is not one but two MySpace things because I don't really know how that stuff works very well. So somehow I ended up making two of them. <laughs> Excellent. But you know, it's, if you go to the minus five, yeah, there, you'll find the MySpace page. And All right. It actually has music you can listen to on one of them. All right, my friend Scott McCoy, the minus five, seen tomorrow night at the Dugfer. I know that uh, some people from here are going to be there right uh, as well. So uh, have a great show. Thanks for giving us a couple minutes, my friend. Hey, thank you, Rick. All right, okay. there you go. Thank Bye. you. All right, fantastic, wonderful, Richie. If you want to. Make that sure guy has a very attractive voice. Got his. I don't know what he looks like, but he sounds like he's good looking. He does. <laughs> Let's Google him. How's being single working out for you? <laughs> you're, you're sounding like you're about ready to end that. All right. Um, how do you spell his last name? Uh, McCaughey. Uh, M C. Then again, C A U G H E Y. Macaque. Yes. You're right, though. He did kind of sound that way. He did sort of. He sounded like a sounded like a good looking man, Sarah. You're really right about that. Oh, I'm sorry. Is the picture not matching up? No. I'm. Because th he's older. Okay. He inadvertently apparently they created two MySpace profiles for the band. That does make me feel better about something though, because I'm looking at one of their MySpace profiles. They have four friends. Oh. 
Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, after years of booming sales supported by videotapes, DVDs, and the Internet, the adult film industry is being challenged by easy video-sharing websites offering explicit content for free. Wait, hold on. What are these, uh, what are these websites? All right. There's Canadian-based Xtube.com. It's modeled after Google's YouTube. Remember I tried to get on YouPorn before. And That's it, another one, too. PBS wouldn't let me. Really? You to do it at home. We were trying to do it on the air, yeah. Take, take I don't remember that. To the coffee shop. Sarah. I don't, I don't remember this. What when was, was the other one? Was I gone when we were trying to get on YouPorn? No, X-tube. you were here. XTube.com. XTube.com. We're all going there right now. <gasps> I can get on there. Oh, sweet. I'm so there. Now, some of the videos come from uh, commercial for show prep purposes. Others are posted by amateurs. So we do... Uh, uh, support amateur uh, movie. Okay, movies. this is so great. When this you is great. when you go to Xtube, yes, do it now. I have, I have. It's already done. Laura Klein. Um, <laughs> there are three options at the bottom. It says straight, and there's a happy face, mm-hmm. and then it says gay, and the happy face has got sort of a grin, and then it says both. There's an option for both, and the happy face has got the hugest smile you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. I guess because you're then doubling. Are your you going to go in? So this site offers 200,000 free videos, typically 30 seconds to two minutes long. Well, how long do you really About need? 1% of the visitors buy DVDs or video streams, resulting in millions of dollars of annual revenue, says the sales director. About two-thirds of YouTube's viewers are gay. We've had tons and tons of people who tell us this is the future of the adult industry, they say. Most of the money is in ads. Uh, let's see. Scott Coppin, president of Adult Entertainment Broadcast Network of North Carolina, says his company started a YouTube-type site two and a half years ago to generate revenue through advertising. All right, Sarah, are you entering Xtube? Yes, I'm going on Xtube. All right, I'm going to do it now, too. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Ew! Tim, I apologize that your news hour has been made such a mess of today. I feel it's my fault. Well, I'm the one causing most of the problems and walking away letting you do your thing. <gasps> Gross! All right. What? what? There's you know- like a big, fat old man... I'm trying that. <laughs> and it's just called... Oh, shout. wow. Oh, I'm going to close that. Yeah, it's okay. really vulgar. <laughs> who, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> who knew that this porn site would be off-putting? Well, it's from Canada. Oh, that explains it with their big flappy heads. All right. Well, it says there are 200,000 free videos, so you just might have found one that you didn't like. So you're saying, Tim, that I should go back and check again? Yes. Because there's probably something just for me? Yes. All right. Are you still on Xtube? No, God, no. I you closed go away, that. You it scared it. me. All right. Well, yeah, if we go to Uporn, then, maybe you'll like that one. Better. No, they wouldn't let me on Uporn. Now, time. is that Uporn with a U or with a Y-O-U? Y-O-U. All right, I'm going to check. Uporn. Everybody. Uporn. Me, John, Big Tree. Yeah, I can't go there. Access denied. No. But I can go to Xporn. Attention other CBS employees. Maybe the CBS policy only covers American sites. This is from Canada. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Fantastic. Well, duly noted. There. Okay. Any other questions? Um, no. No, I think I've got you all I need for now. What happened to Dave Zinn? What do you mean? Why, is he on there? Remember, like an hour ago, I gave him $5 for some food, and he oh, was leaving? He, did he never come back? No. No. Yeah. Do you think all this time he's just been building up to steal $5 from me, and now he's going to flee the country? Oh, see, I was going a totally different way. I was like, where we were like, shouldn't Dave have been back by now? And then it cuts to the slow camera shot going through the where they're all dead upstairs or something, where the mist has closed in and killed everybody upstairs. What is wrong with you? You know, Susan Reynolds did point out, by the way, when the coming zombie apocalypse happens, we are set, though. Because we're downstairs behind fortified electronic doors. right now. No windows down here. But we got some food, we got some water, bathrooms, and... Viso? Broadcasting equipment, so we can call for help. This, not Costco, I think this might be the place to be when the zombie apocalypse happens. I'm just saying. I'm speculating now. Costco is the chocolate chocolate chip muffins, though. Mm. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. When is the zombie octopus supposed to arrive? I don't know. 
Well, the uh, the MySpace uh, mayor lady in Eastern Oregon refuses to resign. Good for her. That Eastern Oregon mayor posing her underpants. Well posing done. Posing the photos of MySpace. She drew a big crowd at the city council meeting that happened last night. Usually only about ten people attend the monthly meetings. But this time, 75 of the townspeople showed up. It was an overflow crowd. Excellent. Our resident Ron Miller read a statement with others standing in agreement. It says here, quote, the apparent lack of leadership has become so blatant, we feel change must oh, be made. You know, seriously, F them. F them uh, uh, with something pointy. The uh, First of all, who cares? Secondly, get a life. Thirdly, it's not your fault, uh, you know, the, I guess it is your fault that she's hot and you're hideous. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of that, man. I cannot believe uh, that we are turning down this chance for positive publicity for Oregon. Yeah. Bunch of weasels. This email says, Rick, who's starring in Oscars in the musical? Why, it's Wapner. Definitely Wapner. <laughs> oh, come on! Fine. Well, I suppose. Okay. Tap for a snuff watch. Here's your snuff watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Watch with Tim Riley for Friday. This time it comes to us from New Zealand. Sure, Sir Edmund Hillary, who along with Nepal's uh, Tenzing Norgay Sherpa, became the first to conquer Mount Everest, is dead. New Zealand flags flew at half-mast at Sky Air Force Base in Antarctica today, following the loss of one of the greatest adventurers of the 20th century. In Nepal, Sherpa's friends lit uh, buttered candles and offered uh, special Buddhist prayers in monasteries. In 2003, Hillary received honorary Napoleon citizenship in recognition of his services to the people of that region, where uh, Mount Everest is located. Hillary scaled the highest uh, mountain in 1953, telling companions after the climb, we knocked the bastard off. He was 88, suffered a heart attack out in Auckland. You know, he's pretty great, though, and uh, it's not like I know a lot about mountaineering, but I, uh, I'm kind of a... I don't know, ever since I read Into Thin Air, I, I read a lot of Crack Hour's other writings about mountain climbing, and I'm writing, reading a book called Iger Dreams right now, which is about the mountaineering, you know, that, that sort of culture. And, uh, you know, you, when you think about Sir Edmund Hillary scaling, you know, the first man to scale Everest, I mean, I know he just died, but you, you think about, you know, you think that it was a thing done by a guy who's been dead for a million years, and it was done a hundred years ago and whatever. And it's not, I mean, it was done pretty recently. Mm -hmm. And the idea that the guy who was, that they were, the Mount Everest is so forbidding, uh, and impassable that they were just, you know, recently able to scale it. That the guy just now died. I mean, it's, it's. I have to tell you. I mean, even if you are not into out the outdoors or sports or anything like that, you got to read Into Thin Air. It is terrifying, and it does. You come away from that asking yourself, like, why would anybody on Earth subject themselves to that? And of course, Edmund Hillary's famous response was, "Well, because it's there," which I know he was sort of his flip response. And then he did it. What? What does it take? Fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah, because he was 33, and uh, he did it with with you know primitive equipment, you know almost no oxygen the way that they have it now. Uh, I mean, it is astounding when you think about it. If you ever read that book into thin air, I mean, it is it is just staggering, and it it, it makes you question the sanity of people who do that sort of a thing. Um, so anyway, I mean, and it's impressive and it's all that, but it is, it is impressive and insane all at once. So he's dead. Uh, Edmund Hillary, dead, dead, dead. There's your stopwatch.
This email says, about your shoes. Perhaps after the break, you can all do each other's hair. Ha, ha, ha. That's very amusing, sir. Thank you. Uh, what are these people calling about? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey there. How you doing? What's up? Hey, so I just had to call and tell you guys about another one of those free uh, internet uh, porn sites. It's uh, <laughs> redtube.com. Redtube. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty nice because they get you a little still. Oh, communist. <laughs> yeah, no, no it's Hot, not communist porn. Babes. Or Sarah, are you going there now? I love our jobs. All right, let's go there. Hold on, redtube.com. Everybody stop what you're doing and follow Ew. God, I, I don't know what I... Why do you keep going I to these sites know. and then you keep going, oh, icky, it's a, it's all <laughs> disgusting. All right, well, you just go in there to see if you can... Whoa, hello. This reminds me, I had an ex-boyfriend who was, a, like, totally obsessed with porn, and those that those kind of sites were Is that always... to somebody in Portland? Is, Is that... that the guy that we discussed where you found his porn? No, 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 no. Okay. Is this a different guy in Portland? Really? Yeah. Obsessed with porn? Well, I mean, guys are into porn. There's yeah. no getting around that. But you're saying you believe beyond the pale. It was perhaps to an unacceptable degree? Not to an unacceptable degree, but whenever he was... Um... He had a playboy under the mattress. So he had like a full-on like folder. Well, you know, like what are they going to do? Hundreds of them. Okay. Is now, it was it? I was just going to ask. Now, was it? did you watch any of it? No, I accidentally stumbled upon it once, and then I could tell that it was kind of something that he wasn't really... What's this Mr. Hands MP- I tell you, I, was, I could tell it was something that he wasn't very stoked about because he got really mad. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, now, was it, uh, to the best of your knowledge, was it some sort of especially deviant pornography, or was it just a typical... There was uh, a lot of younger girls. <laughs> what's BarelyLegal.com? Really? No, I'm sure they were legal, but it was a Please lot tell of... me they had pigtails. Yeah, it was a lot of, like... Wow, really? I was just screwing at you. No, it was, it was pretty... And, like, a lot of girl-on-girl... Well, okay. pigtails yeah. and carry milk jugs. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Sir. Let's hope they don't get too nuts. Thank you, sir. Take care. Oh, he's still there. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know he was there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot you were there. You may go. Here's Tim Riley. Milk jugs and two nuts. Well, obesity is now the lifestyle choice of more Americans. Well, why not? Make it your lifestyle today, won't you? As adult obesity balloons in the U.S., being overweight has become less of a health hazard and more fun for everyone. Yes, it's a worthy lifestyle choice. Obesity is a natural extension of the advancing economy. What are you... Who is saying this? A fat person, probably. Someone named Karen. Uh, I don't know what you're Karen, a woman of size. As you become a first-world economy and you get all these labor-saving devices for low cost such as easily accessible food, people are going to eat more and exercise less. The Fattening of America, published this month, says that adult obesity is more than doubled in the U.S. between 1960 and 2004. That is true. Please tell me, this right next to the story is a banner ad for Orville Redenbacher popcorn with extra butter. With extra butter. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> Wonderful. That Nobody does butter better, it says the Orville. Have a big stick of butter today. And he's skinny. Or Mr. Redenbacher. Yeah, and wearing suspenders because apparently he is... His waist is so small, his trousers could fall down. Does Oral Redenbacher kind of remind you of Colonel Sanders? Like, they sort of come out of the same school of, of mascotting. They sort of both come out of the ground at this point. <laughs> That's why he's so skinny. Uh-huh. Do you know that Colonel Sanders is a convicted felon? For what? Kidnapping. You know where I learned that? No. And now you know the rest of the story. I learned that from Paul Harvey. Which means it may be fabricated, I suppose. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, man. If you want to check out hey, man. Por- pornotube.com. Yes. All right. And if you really want to get something really disturbing, and I do. I'm sorry. Let's back up. Pornotube.com is just like a YouTube but porn. Right. Okay. What's the other one? 
crack whore confessions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going there right now. That, that, that will make you just rest. Make sure that the sound is off on all of our computers. <laughs> Access is denied. Crack whore confessions. Yeah, I guess CBS had to put their foot down on that. Do they have a problem with too many people going to crackwhoreconfessions.com? All right, thank you, sir. Too many people in the office. Spending too much time. This is going to be productivity. This is like when Intel had to ban Doom. Oh man. Memo from Les Moonves. Please stop going to crackwhoreconfessions.com. You get it? I love this country. No, I'm not getting. I'm not getting in over there. I love it. No, it's just your blocks there. Just your computer. Well, I think we know what everybody's going to be doing this weekend. I love the idea that there is a website called crackhorconfessions.com. Well, there, we live in an enterprising economy. No, I mean, it really is kind of fascinating when you think of it. Like, I read this article one time that said that about 40% of dictionary words plus .com were taken. In other words, in the dictionary, about half the words had been registered as domain names. Mm-hmm. You know, like, whatever, religion.com or paint.com or socks.com or something. But you do wonder about, like, those porn sites where they just have to get longer and longer and weirder and weirder titles because everything else has been taken and registered. That's how you get crackhoreconfessions.com. Because you know why? Because crack whore was taken. And whore was taken. So crack whore confessions, that was still available. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, do you know they, uh, they found out who hit that lady? Who did that uh, hit and run? Wait, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Are you leading up to a joke? Huh? No. All right, so you, what lady? Lady that hit her? No, no, no. Let's start from the beginning. What are you talking about? Okay, the lady that got killed on the road. On Butternut uh, Street? Right, that one. All right. Uh, are you asking if we found out who hit her? No, I, I'm th- Now, see, jackass. Okay, first of all, well, let's go back to talking about pornography. No one Everyone heard. was happy back then. No one heard your alleged wit. Secondly, it gets you nowhere by lying to us and telling us that you're not leading up to a. If you say that you're leading up to a bad joke, then we can give you a second to think about it, and then we'll also decide whether or not we just want to hang up on you there. As it stands now, you've just wasted 10 seconds of everybody's life, and no one heard your retarded observation anyway. So, don't die in a fire. That's Tim Riley. But anyway, the Jerry Springer Show is being called the worst television show ever by a recent online poll conducted by the Chicago Tribune. The time show received nearly 30% of the vote to put it at number one. Well, that's not true. That's what it says. The Jerry Springer Show is the best show. That's, that is the most American television program ever. And Peter Carlin will be uh, sad to know that number two is Caveman. Now, I have that story somewhere. Oh, do you have it over there? I'm reading it. Okay, do you have the whole list? Yes, I do. Oh, is this yours? Well, it I don't ended, know. It ended up in my pile. No, that's fine. I know you should... My chocolate and your peanut butter. So this is that's fine. Uh, it is. It, it was probably meant. It's probably better that you have it anyway. I never would have gotten to it. So okay, let's go. Let's briefly. Uh, let's do the top five of the the worst TV shows ever. Not the top five, but the, the top on this list. The top five worst TV shows ever. Yeah. And then we'll do the rest of the list like in the, sometime in the in the later hour. Okay. Okay. What are the twenty? What are the top five here on this list of the worst shows ever? Number five, Small Wonder. Small Wonder, really? Attention, Toss mm-hmm. a Corpse and Lisa Desjardins. Uh, who, who here knows what Small Wonder is? I'm guessing that I Sarah do. won't have heard of 80% of these shows. Mm-hmm. Tim, you know Small Wonder yes, with Vicky the Robot? Mm-hmm. Did you never watch Small Wonder, Sarah? No, all I know is it, Small Wonder from Ebenezer. I barely knew her. Um, I believe this was a syndicated show. It was a syndicated show. It, it, didn't, it was like Mama's Family. Kind of like it, she's the sheriff. It, exactly. It, no network would pick it up, surprisingly it enough. It was No, it was crap. You're totally right about that. Here was the deal with Small Wonder, Sarah. I will give you a little thumbnail. We're going to do a little cra- uh, crash course in pop culture today. 
Small Wonder was a terrible syndicated sitcom. And by syndicated, meaning it wasn't like an NBC show or and CBS. It was like they 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 made it at a studio somewhere, and then they would just like sell it to you like on your like little uh, on your like little you know terrible like home homegrown television network like the like that era's the CW or whoever would pick it up. So it wasn't affiliated with any network. Okay. Um, it, it was a awful show, a sitcom. And it was a normal, typical, everyday family sitcom where it's mom, dad, two kids. But the gimmick was that one of the children, Vicky, was a robot that had been manufactured in the garage by dad. Okay. And uh, and of course she wore like a dress all the time, and you know, and of course because she was a robot. The amazing thing, the great thing about the show was because she was played by a child actor, so it was a girl who played this robot named Vicky. Um, and so the dad has the ability somehow magically to create a robot that looks just like a human being, grows just like a human being, skin, hair, everything, looks just like a human being, but of course she still talks like this because she is a robot. Oh, God. That's exactly how Vicky on Small Wonder talked, because as we've learned from television, that's how all robots talk. I'm now looking for a, for a Small Wonder yeah, clip on YouTube, <laughs> by the way. All right, what else? Uh, what's next, Tim? Uh, number four is Cop Rock. Cop Rock. Cop Rock. Here's the thing about Cop Rock. I'm not going to defend Cop Rock. It was pretty bad, but I will tell you this, that about 98.99999% of the people who make fun of Cop Rock never saw it. I will guarantee you that. Or they only saw, like, uh, you know, they only saw somebody make fun of it on, v on a VH1 clip show. Cop Rock was bad, but it wasn't, like, the worst thing ever. I mean, it was kind of an interesting concept. I remember we studied Cop Rock when I was in, um, in college. Get out. Mm-hmm. For well, it was, what? It was uh, for one of my media classes that I took. I can't remember why. I think maybe. Why? But maybe it, an example. An example of what? I don't know, but I, that's the first time I heard about it because they were talking about you know singing cops. It's not a bad. I mean, it's it's a bad show, but it's not like it's the worst idea ever. It's it was just a musical on television. I mean, it was you know. I mean, it it ended up being a bad show, but you can see where it didn't seem like that crazy of an idea. Uh, it was a cop show. And it was a musical, two things that Americans love. All right, it says it became infamous as one of the biggest television failures of the 90s. Oh, it was a so disaster. So maybe that's, maybe that's why I studied it. And the other reason it was famous is because it was created by Stephen Bochco, who had a flawless track record at that point because he created NYPD Blue, L.A. Law, Hill Street Blues. I mean, he had a string of successes, and then he put that was his Chris Gaines. I mean, he put that out, and it was a huge disaster, and his track record had been perfect until then. It was not such a bad idea. A bad show, not such a bad idea. Let's see if I've got some small wonder sound here. Hold on. I was taking forever to load. All right, Tim, go ahead. Uh, number three is Mama's Family. Mom, uh, Mama's Family is an awful program. That is one of the worst television shows ever created, starring Vicki Lawrence, whose sole claim to fame is that she looks somewhat like Carol Burnett. Yeah. Uh, Mama's Family was uh, a show that was carried, I think, by ABC for a year, got canceled, and then got picked up again in syndication. The sad thing is, I was actually online looking up Mama's Family stuff some time back because the show sort of fascinated me because it's so bad. Um, and somebody had taken the time to create a three-dimensional interactive map of Mama's house on that show. So you could actually do a virtual tour of the house that they all lived on that program. I mean, that show is so bad, it is almost like someone from another country trying to trying to recreate what an American sitcom is like. Right. Number two is The Caveman. Uh, yeah, which is, you know, which is bad, but not... Oh, wait, hold on. I think I've got some small wonder sound here. Good morning. Rise and shine. Time to get up. Oh. So this is Vicky the oh. Robot. 
Lord. Who is creepy looking, by the way. But she's just a little girl, but she's creepy looking. This is Vicky the robot waking up the parents. <laughs> blowing a whistle. Let's go, suckers. This is the dad. Oh, I must have thrown my back out jogging yesterday. Oh, honey, every muscle in my aging body aches. <laughs> no excuses. Wow. This is oh, even worse than I remember. Family comedy. <laughs> this is actually so much worse than I remember it being. All right, uh, we're doing the. These are the top five in this list of bad shows. What's number one? Jerry's. Oh, number one is Jerry. That's see, but that's unfair. Just and I hate to say this, just like uh, it's unfair to put cavemen on there because there's so many there's so many shows that are worse than cavemen. Uh, and I don't think it's fair to put the Jerry Springer Absolutely show on Absolutely not. It was completely innovative. Are you, it changed the way TV is Absolutely. Today. And really, I defy anybody to tell me, I never watched the Jerry Springer show. You that you are lying. If you are an American and you claim you never watched the Jerry Springer show, you were full of... You know what? I used to watch Cheaters every morning, but then they preempted it with this really boring cop show. So now all I do is watch um, Maury Povich in the morning. And there would be no Maury Povich or any of that stuff. No. I mean... For the were... half an hour I'm getting ready, I walk in to see the DNA test, whether or not she's the... He's the baby daddy or whatever. Morton Downey Jr. started that whole genre, though. No, it, well, Morton Downey Jr. is he—he's probably not on there. But Morton Downey Jr. is one of the lost, you know, one of the overlooked guys in the history of that, in the history of television of that of that type. Uh, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say there probably wouldn't be a Rush Limbaugh if there hadn't been a Morton Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, Morton Downey Jr. paved the way for Rush's n national success. You know, the, the, the last Angry Man and so forth. Uh, all right, uh, we should take a break here. Come back after this. Uh, more of Tim Riley. We'll finish this list of the worst TV shows ever. Um, coming up later on, Aaron Duran plus um, listener Dan, who found the Joker Batman phone as part of the Dark Knight viral campaign. Uh, what else? I'll give away a copy of Jackass 2.5 and the Glorious Bastard of the Week. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Mocked by a girl. I felt the heat Talk about them all to the flames Uh-huh Just cop you know you spun a sticky little web of deceit Only have myself to blame Yeah He's feeling she it She had skin like satin and a heart like stone Is he talking about a woman he killed? She played me sweeter no, it's a cop. He's sitting in the bathroom. Oh, I see. Taking a break from the biz, showing his heart a little. Okay. All right. This is bad, Rick. No, it's bad. I'm not saying the show is good. It's too slow-paced. Like The show is bad. The idea was not so crazy, though. Because Americans like cop shows and people like musicals. So, you know, merging the two seemed like a logical idea, especially from Stephen Bochco, who, again, was just a god at that point. I mean, he was the Mark Burnett of the 80s. I mean, everything he did was successful. I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, Tim. When I tell you that this is the sort of show that I, like, I, it would not surprise me if you said, I have a small cameo in episode three of Cop Rock. <laughs> I was not in this program. Unfortunately for all of us. All right. Uh, well, let's before we do anything else, let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson program from geekinthecity.com and uh, blah, 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 Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm fantastic. 
Excellent. Wow. Now, you're feeling good today. You're not hurting? No, no. I didn't have a whole lot compared to how what I normally do. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I was on a budget. As lame as that sounds, there's only so it's much damage. a bachelor damage. party on there's, a budget? Well, there's only so much damage one can do to oneself on 60 bucks. <laughs> I suppose that but, is But, you true. know, Sarah's nodding. I mean, she knows, considering that had to cover, like, dinner... Pitching in for the pimp van. Uh, the pimp van, really? That's what Richie called it. We didn't actually. We didn't a pimp wagon. <laughs> That's great. It's yeah. terrible. You do a scary Richie impression. It's it's not that hard to do. Yeah. Uh, Wait till I get into other stories later. That he. Oh. We'll we'll return to this story in a moment, ladies and yeah. gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So I take it you're just an associated member of this this group. I am not a member. You're of the a satellite squad. member of the no, pimp squad. No, no, you have not turned in your your application. No, there will be no pimp card from this geek. All right, because well, my people are stronger than the pimps. Well, everybody, by all accounts, Richie is kind of a lightweight drunk for one thing. <laughs> I mean, even Sarah was in his. Sarah get better. Well, he's <laughs> with, with practice. He's a rookie and Asian, so that's like two strikes against his drinking abilities. Mm-hmm. That's what he told me last night. <laughs> Yeah, that's, what is it with Richie? Has that's he, like, Aaron Durant who said did that. Did he never no, taste he alcohol but before, like, a couple of years ago? <laughs> no, he didn't. Is that true? So he just didn't drink? Wait, let me understand this. Yeah. Is it just that Timmy Ryan made him start drinking? And he that? told me, like, a couple of years ago when he just started drinking, so he's just now getting into it. He's just getting, well, you know, like anything is, like any skill, you have to work In on In a it. strange no, way, I kind of envy him, because what, what takes me, like, 100 bucks takes him, like, 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So it's like a guy who's just begun abusing Vicodin. Yeah, All you right. know, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of envious. I miss those days. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, I can, I can see where, you, I can see where you're coming from, my friend. Uh, hello, Tim Riley. Hello. Uh, I'm sorry. A sailor man can now call himself the fastest thumb in the USA. Western Oregon student, 26-year-old Chris Young, is now listed as the fastest text messenger in the world. That, according to the Alternative Book of World Records, that's the source that the Guinness Book used to hold overflow records. So the Guinness Book isn't big enough anymore. According to this book, he pounded out a 160-character text message with no errors in 62.3 seconds at Salem's Chemeketa Community College. And he, when he got his first phone bill in 2001, it was more than $300, all from texting. Have for Brittany Watch. Here's your... Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Stop this. You have to stop this. Camera. Okay, hold on. Oh, my God. Oh, I wish we'd had a camera. Okay, Damn here's what... Of all the times I wanted you to have a webcam, here, here is what just happened. Damn it. <laughs> here is what everybody just didn't see. Here is what just happened. I don't even think Tim saw that. Like a retarded dog that just got whistled at. <laughs> Here's what happened. Sarah was Sarah was bent over her lunch, which is consists of a bunch of noodles, and she's eating her noodles with a plastic fork. <laughs> Tim springs on her. Here's your Britney watch. Sarah and it was you'll forgive this. It was just like a dog. Sarah's head whips around. Fork in mouth. Fork in mouth. Noodles hanging out to her chin. Oh no. Eyes bugged out with excitement. Britney watch. It was like when Max. It was like when Max is busy chewing on something, and I go, Max. Food and he looks up and her and he looks up and like something he looks all terrible and looks all slanty face because he's been sleeping or whatever. The greatest moment ever. There was seriously you look like a sea monster of some kind with noodles hanging out of your mouth and a fork jutting out and your eyes bulging out of your forehead. I didn't take it too big of a bite anyway. Oh, before we start the theme again, let me just tell you that Nicole Richie is in labor as we speak. Uh, breaking yeah. in half as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my pelvis! Oh. If you listen right now, you can hear her bones cracking. You know that Christina Aguilera's in the hospital having her baby right now? Really? 
All those two attention horses are going to be so mad if they have a baby at the mm-hmm. same time. Detracting the I hope Brittany does something to knock them both off the front page. Like kills their kids? Oh. Wow. <laughs> Tim Riley. First, first, the British tabloids are reporting that Britney Spears is going to be on the cover of the next issue of Rolling Stone magazine. And TMZ has learned that Monday's custody hearing could be one of the most important days of Britney's life. We're told that Britney must show and face the judge if she's got any hope of getting her kids back. I was going to say, do you think she'll even show up for that? Uh, Sources say if she doesn't show or is uncooperative, it could be curtains for the kids. What's more, police... It sounds like it was almost curtains for the kids last week. <laughs> That's true, too. Uh, what's more, the sources say Commissioner Gordon will hear firsthand eyewitness reports of last Thursday's breakdown from LAPD, firefighters, and paramedics who were out the scene. And they're also uh, not going to paint a pretty picture. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department doesn't take any chances. They're ready for anything. If Brittany loses it in court, they'll be there to uh, handle the situation. Refresh TMZ, Tim. Why? Hang on. One moment, please. Okay. Uh, TMZ, TMZ, uh, TMZ. One moment, please, ladies and gentlemen. I'm waiting for a very slow refresh. Uh-oh. Law enforcement authorities have told TMZ about the craziness of Britney's house the night she was committed. It involves profanity, nudity, drugs, and wild mood swings. Sweet. Sources say that when the cops showed up, Britney was locked in the master bedroom with Jaden James. Officers saw Brittany from the backyard holding Jaden, who did not appear to be upset. Brittany refused to come out for three hours. When she did... All she was wearing were panties. <laughs> she was incoherent, screaming at the cops, What the F are you doing in my house? I know who you are, she continued ranting. I don't need your effing help. At one time, Brittany's mood swing wildly from laughter. <laughs> the sobs hollered, uh, You will do as I say. At some point, <laughs> Brittany put on a see-through nightgown. Before oh. police took her outside, they wanted to cover her with a sweater, but she screamed, Don't cover me up. I'm effing hot. Uh, Brittany's assistant and Nanny were present during the standoff. Nanny! At one point, the assistant told police that Brittany had been popping pills all day. Her cope for medication was vitamins, and she repeatedly demanded, Get me my vitamins. Uh-huh. Officers found a bottle of Prozac in her bedroom. Mama needs some medicine! Sam Lefty arrived and told officers he and the others who were around Brittany they knew this was coming for a long time but didn't know how bad it would be. Uh. The assistant told cops that earlier in the day Brittany showed no concern about attending her uh, deposition and would not heed her warnings to show up on time. Uh, then Sam arrived and told officers, uh, oh, Sam told law enforcement officials that Brittany had been extremely unstable and had recently purchased a house in Malibu on a whim, began moving furniture in and then changed her mind. As for Jaden James, the reason cops took him to the hospital was because there was a small bruise on her, his leg, and Brittany insisted the bruise occurred on Kevin's watch. Police took Jaden to Cedars as a precautionary measure. See, that sounds like a... I am... Laura and I had a disagreement about this. I am very suspicious of the fact that she preemptively said, I didn't do that bruise! I mean, why would you even... Kids get bruised all the time. Kids run into things, they fall over, they whack their heads on stuff because they're not all that bright. You don't ever point that. You would not point that out unless you knew that there was something suspicious going on. That's like O.J. yelling, I don't know that knife. It's not my knife. 
totally. What dead blonde? Yeah. I uh, yeah. I mean, so I call a little bit of BS on that already. Mm-hmm. Us Magazine senior writer Joey Bartholomew says the married photographer that Britney's hanging around with appears to be profiting from the pictures and videos that have been taken with him and the singer together. Uh, Joey Bartholomew says Adnan Galeb's wife may actually approve of his relationship with uh, Britney Spears. We talked to his neighbor who says that, you know, maybe he and the wife have some sort of arrangement, but what could also be possible is that the wife is sort of in on this because if he gets exclusive pictures of Britney and sells them, then perhaps the wife is going to profit. Ah, see, okay, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Smart wife, really. Oh, no, totally. You know what? If I told Lot, look, I'm going to have to go have sex with Britney Spears, but you'll be in for half. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's fine. Well, you know, Britney Spears, she's carrying stuff. I was gonna say, she, no, I mean, you know, like you know, Lawrence, you know, she'll be at home watching America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Wait for me to bring the check home. So, uh, all right, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Boy, what a great day! It's been it's been a series of good days. I, it really has. Uh, okay, is there anything else for, that we know about Britney at this moment? Uh, not at the moment, but a good change. Jesus. So wait, but let's just recap. So Monday. She has another custody hearing. Yes, this is the most important one. There's no way. I mean, look, even if she showed up and healed a leper, there's no way that they would give her custody at this point. No. Especially after the police are going to testify what a nut job she acted like. And I mean, there's no way. I mean, how creepy is that image though? She takes her child and she holds herself up in the bathroom, climbs into an empty bathtub, and is uh cradling her child in the bathtub. John Mahoney. Creepy. Uh huh. (laughs) They're finishing up in here. You know that's that's how the professional ends, also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it makes you long for the days of Michael Jackson's baby dangling. Oh man, it really. I mean, it's just that was a more innocent unbelievable. Time. It was a more innocent time. Um, so. Oh, there's this one more thing about Britney. Says the nanny told the cops that Britney would frequently dress up to the nines for no apparent reason. She'd then walk around the house and change back. Oh, uh, that's so creepy. I. You weren't listening. Uh, no, I'm just. Uh, no, you were saying that she was the cha- the clothing change. Yeah. Yeah, I heard like that. She, yeah, she'd get all dressed up. Uh, it, well, that's like that whole talking to herself and you know, a, like a. I don't like this game. My name is Talking Britney. Uh, <laughs> at this point, and look, don't get me wrong, I don't care about children or people, but uh, it would just be criminally negligent. And I mean that in the truest sense, to give the kids back to Britney at this point. And here's the reason why she'll never get those kids. Because don't you know that if they give the kids back to her, even for like an hour, and she just shoots them in the head, the lawsuits will be enough to bankrupt the country. Yeah. I mean, seriously, who is going to put their ass on the line giving children back to Britney Spears at this point? Certainly not Commissioner Gordon. What would Commissioner Gordon say? Give me a Commissioner Gordon line. Um... I don't, he doesn't really have lines. I mean, I'm trying to think if there was a cat. He didn't have like a, get me the Batman. Yeah, he doesn't have it. Uh, throw the signal. That's kind of the best All one right, he's got. Yeah, I got nothing. I was thinking that Rolling Stone cover, if they were smart, they would just reissue her first cover ever, but then Photoshop it to make her look all cracked out. Oh, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Or they should do this. I'm giving you this idea right now, Rolling Stone. They put that uh, great, uh, that hot cover of her when she was on the pink bed spread yeah, holding I mean, the phone. Yeah. yeah, but underneath it, they just put Britney Spears, 1980-2008. Hmm. And then, but then they could justify saying it's her career, it's her public image, or what's or whatever. See, that I'm would still, get some attention. I'm still along the lines of what I thought when she first shaved her head. She should totally just take off all of her makeup, all of her extensions, and just play on the on the country's sympathy and be like the real me, you know, and showing her, you know, with I her finally crazy found hair. my voice. Well, somebody else did <laughs> yes. that this week. Put out her Dirty Dogs album. Mm-hmm. She should yeah. totally do a sympathy piece. Yeah. All right. There's your Britney watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Radio program. More and more true every day.
decade. You know? As just like one final, you know, punch to Britney, you know that Christina Aguilera is going to pamper the hell out of her kid. Oh, yeah. World's best mother. Yeah. yeah. She'll She's... be photographed like, like spoon <laughs> like the feeding mother. the child in yeah. the park with a halo. Totally. Yeah. Like... Uh, let's get a couple of these calls here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, is that speaking to you at this moment? No. No. No? Okay. Uh, hey, I got a great observation from my wife yesterday about uh, Costco. Yes. If you get stuck with zombies, they've got a pharmacy. Oh, you that really is true. Care the yeah. zombies are coming at all. Okay, no, no, no. That, 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 that does actually, that's another feather in the Costco cap, because not only that's do true. they have generators, weapons, food, and there's no handles on the outside and no windows, they do have a pharmacy. So there's none, so you don't have to go next door to the pharmacy and see the spiders. Right. So. And while you can't cure yourself from the zombie virus, if you get bit in the arm, that's what I'm saying. You could whack it off quick, and then they have the tools to quit. You know, that's quit the thing. If a zombie that. bites you and you immediately cut the arm off, you're, uh, uh, you, you might be okay. So can cauterize it. Uh, no, because the virus true. hits the bloodstream. You got to you got to stump out. Mm. You, you think Costco could start having like blood transfusion machines soon? Nah, I'm just saying. I'm saying there's you know you got everything you need there. Now Costco really is the place, and they have their own yeah. fuel system too. So it's easy to spend like three or four hours in there and just get lost. Yeah, no, that's without zombies. They got muffins, morphine, and chainsaws. What else do you need? Yeah, Groovy. I don't need much else. It's like it's like your own personal Duke Nukem, sir. Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi. Is it me? Yes. Please turn your radio up louder. Oh, sorry about that. Uh huh. Hey, is there? Isn't Britney pregnant? I haven't heard that. I think that was a cover-up for Jamie. No, then. that was no. That, no, that, 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 did you, yeah, no. We found out that that was a confusion with the ultrasound. Somebody saw an ultrasound. Oh, okay. We think that said Spears. Da 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 da. They think it's Britney. It's Jamie Lynn. Thinking, then she just have a new kid to replace these ones that she's just going to lose. But I guess that was just. Oh, the... She's already planning replacement children. <laughs> she like, I'm sorry. Go. Something seemed to happen to my other children. <laughs> well, that's the thing with Michael Jackson, right? Is every time yeah. the kids. Once they leave, once they leave, once once they're no longer tender, uh, he uh, he has to get a new one. It's time to buy some more. Once the flavor gets chewed out of that gum, you got to get a new piece. It's just the American way, I guess. It is. Thank yeah. you, sir. Sure. All right. Nothing will heal a fractious relationship like that. Hello, Tim. How are you? All right. Uh, police today criticized a teenager who filmed himself being run over by a speeding train in a. <laughs> And a, and is a, it necessary to criticize him? Isn't that piling on? Have you given away those Jackass DVDs yet? <laughs> Seriously. He's been accused of engaging in a sick stunt in which he posted on the Internet. The actor films himself lying down in the middle of the tracks waiting for the train to come oh, along. Oh, I'm looking at that right now. He is just inches from death as the uh, train speeds over him in a terrifying new twist mm -hmm. on the game of chicken. Where is that? Afterwards, where? he waves his arms in triumph. Where did this happen? In the U.K. Okay, what did does he have his name Okay, or let's see. Or? You have to go to the mirror.co.uk. Oh, I'm still there. Why would you play chicken with a train? You know one of those can't... It's called Teenager in a Deadly Train Chicken Game. All right, And apparently on. they have the video there. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm headed there right now. Okay. I'll have to close all these porn windows. Let's see here. All right. Let's see. Shameless. It's under Weird World. Weird World. I, uh, I don't see it. Hmm. Let's see. Forum Sitemap. Somebody sent it to me earlier today. Let me, uh... Hold on. Let me just search train. Train. Train! All right. Okay. I believe uh, Mark the Brit sent me this. I'll, uh, I'll look it up here while we here. do. Let's do uh, one more here, and I'll look for this. All right. Well, rumors of 1,000 production workers being laid off today at the Warner Brothers lot in Burbank proved to be untrue so far. 
Uh, there's not going to be any update until next week, says a WB spokesperson. Workers whose jobs are on the line because of the Riders Guild of America's strike can breathe easily, at least until January 18th. Expectations for the layoffs would, would uh, happen today were due to misinformation. Reports yesterday said that Warner Brothers Entertainment had sent out a letter to some employees warning they could be laid off as a result of the strike. But so far, it hasn't happened. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, click here to see the idiot in action. I love the British press. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, I'm clicking here to see said idiot. Train runs over a crazy kid, says the mirror. All right. Uh, clearly, every single person in, in Britain is, is busy watching this because it's taking forever to load. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, maybe we'll do it on the... Uh... Oh, wait. Here we go. Views. 321,000. Uh, all right. Well, this, this is going to... a long time? No, it's going to take a while. So we'll have to view it on the other side. Yeah, I know the video site you're at. That's a terrible site. Uh, terrible. All right. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, it's hello. Hey, low in Vegas. What's up, sir? What's uh, up, guys? I'm just uh, sitting here with Vegas Batman fighting off a hangover after night of watching drunken goth girls pole dance with each other. That's kind of funny. I had the same night. I was just going to say, what, what, where were you Where were you at? Oh, uh, you know, I don't remember. <laughs> okay, so this wasn't like at your house. Oh, oh, I wish it was. All right. Well, <laughs> and by pole, he means... I mean pole. Anywho. Uh, okay, so you are there with Vegas Batman, uh, your co-worker who ate a, ta- a tablespoon of cinnamon the other day. Twice. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Twice. Okay, so twice. Now, is this first because you, because you, first of all, whose idea was it? Like, how did you come up with a tablespoon of cinnamon? Well, uh, somewhere along the line, somebody mentioned the cinnamon challenge that you could look up on YouTube. Yeah. And I did it and kind of thought that they were bitches, that they couldn't do it. (laughs) Really? And then I thought, I could do that. Um, Which was not as easy as I thought it would be. All right, but I mean, it didn't kill you, obviously. Was it unpleasant, at least? Both times it was unpleasant. All right. Um, what, the, second, the second time being more unpleasant. Now, let me ask okay. you this. Now, is this just like a thing you guys were doing at work because you were bored? That's pretty much my whole day at work. All right. Fantastic. I'm sure, you're, I'm sure your employer is happy to know this. And so I'm no one to criticize. We spent uh, much of today's program looking at cop rock reruns and watching porn on the Internet. Uh, can you drop that computer, please? Thank you. Uh, we have the train video here that we're watching a few. So, what is the? So, are you guys going to be doing an ongoing thing here where you, every week you eat something horrific? I don't know if it'll be eating, but like I say in that video, if you're challenged, then you've got to step up to the plate and do that challenge. Uh huh. Or else you'd have to turn in your pimp card, sir. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, next week I've got it. I've been challenged to eat. Uh, I think it, I think it was a teaspoon of chili powder. All right. Now keep in mind, by the way, uh, we here at the Rick Emerson Show, AM 970, CBS Radio, our staff, management, advertisers, executives, or assigns. We are of course not encouraging this. We are simply commenting on this behavior uh, as journalists because you would be doing this with or without this station in existence. Correct. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. I'd be doing it if it was just me and the low sitting around. <laughs> okay. Did uh, did the low give Batman well my list? I refuse to call him Batman. Oh, did the uh, did, so wait hold on so did, did did he give you a have you been given a list of things by other people that they want you to eat? Yeah. All right. So a ne- lot of things. So next week it's a teaspoon of chili powder. Don't you think you should go the, keep it consistent? Do the full tablespoon. I no, mean, he does, he look does one. Tab- I'm not a lunatic. I'm saying one's either you're either going to be a man or you're not, sir. He said, a tablespoon, and I'm going to have to do that challenge outside of the ER. All right. <laughs> All right, so a teaspoon of, t- of chili powder. What is, what's next up for you after that? Um, I think I'm going to skip the uh, 
hot because we get a lot of hot requests. Uh-huh. After that, it's either going to be a gallon of milk or the eating all those saltines in however much time. That okay, challenge. the gallon of milk, it should be from the store fresh, but it should be at room temperature. Room temperature. Room yeah. temperature. Okay. Why? Because, then, because it gets more of a challenge, sir. <laughs> well, all right, then. If that's I the like challenge, this. then that's the challenge. All right, fantastic. What day next week are you eating the chili powder? We're doing it Mondays, and then whenever we can get it edited and uploaded, so we should Tuesdays is when it'll be up. Look for the video perhaps next Tuesday, then. Yeah, that's, oh. that's the plan. It, it should be pretty easy to get it done. Monday's a pretty slow night. Lo, let me so ask I, you this. Time to edit. Do you, Lo, do you feel bad uh, about all this? Because it does seem like he's exceptionally malleable. Do you have any sort of twinge of guilt about this? Oh, hell no. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. Aaron, suggestions? Uh, I sent a bunch of them. One of them was the uh, the tablespoon of um, hot mustard powder that you mix with water. Uh-huh. Um, Have you suggested maybe just like the potted meat product you can buy at some of yeah, the... Yeah, I see like a handful of sardine-flavored yeah. jelly bellies. Yeah, those, those Bernie bots. <laughs> and then I want to uh, see if you can... all-spice seeds that I've got to chew. Yeah, that's going to hurt. I've done that one. How about uh, just like a big steaming bowl of menudo? What's wrong with you? Shut up. I'm saying... That no, I a... told him he needed to make the uh, the brains burrito. Okay. But make sure you get yeah, free. Yeah, a burrito of cooked cow brains. That'll yeah, be make... one of the later ones we do. Just make sure that the brains came from vegetarian-fed cows. You don't want mad cow disease. No, no. Well, maybe, maybe he does. Back. No. Is that a challenge? All right. <laughs> well, we're gonna challenge. we're gonna move on. Uh, have a have a great eating experience on Monday. We'll look for the video and or call on Tuesday, my friends. All right. Okay, thank we'll you. Talk to you guys. All right. Have a good weekend, y'all. Thank you. There you go. Excellent. It's uh, the low and his friend in uh, Vegas. Mm. Boy, did that guy sound like he was talking with a wacky cartoon voice? He did. Yeah, yeah. Well, he... he sounded like um, in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off when he's trying to um. Rooney. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're what the hell is wrong with you? All right. Uh, let's do one more from Tim Riley, then we'll break. But I was gonna watch this. Uh... Oh, do you have the video? I have it. It's taking forever to load. Okay, though. but you I have know. it over there. All right. Well, let, well, let's the... see what's happening. Here. Okay, this is uh, now. Is, have we screened this for profanity? Uh, no. I, I've watched it. Okay, there's no profanity? No. Okay, so this is uh, the sound. It's really disturbing. Okay, though. now, wait, from what perspective is this? It's, he you, sets it down in front of him, and he's mm-hmm. laying on the track. So is the camera the at ground level? Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, here's the best way. It's a, it's a Raimi cam. Okay, so this is, so here's what the deal. The kid is laying flat on his back between... No, on his stomach. On his stomach, but he's laying flat to the ground. On the railroad track. On the railroad, but, you know, not across, but, you know, be- parallel between Lengthwise. the two between the two tracks. Well, you need to watch it, Rick, because the sound isn't very but much. But I'm, I'm describing yeah. it for people uh, who aren't able to see it. Uh, and then the camera is on the ground level with him. So you get the ground eye view of yeah. the kid laying f- the flat on his stomach between the two railroad tracks as the train passes over him. Looks like something out of Indiana Jones. All right, let's go ahead and watch. Everybody watch. Okay. Train runs over crazy All kid. All right, here we go. All right. I think there's sound with this if you want to find it. So he's lying down. He lifts his head up just a bit. Oh, man. Oh, so you, see the, you see this theme from the train like, coming. Stand by me. You can see the boom. <laughs> uh, Oh, wow. Oh. It, oh, wow. Imagine how soiled the pants of that conductor are. Oh, that ain't right. Well, it should be a longer train next time. Don't you wish, though, that like he would lift his head up afterwards in another train to go to the corner and kill him? He sits up, lifts up his leg. Wow. And leaves. So it can be done. That is crazy. But, I mean... But kids don't do that. Okay, but here's my question. I mean, obviously he's not that bright, but I mean, did he somehow figure out the yeah. height 
-hmm. beforehand? And if so, how? Maybe he's an engineering student. Maybe he did this. <laughs> Maybe he uh, left went... a dummy down there once. Or I was going to say that he found a train that was in a stockyard that wasn't moving. Mm -hmm. In a train yard, oh, and okay. he went and he, you know, basically he crawled underneath it or slid underneath it to simulate, well, and then just banked on the fact that the trains were all the same height. Well, really, what else is it to do to England? Oh it's man, that and throw rocks. But wouldn't well, it have been really satisfying? It's from the same site that offers free fart videos, and kids let Buddy run over his arm. <laughs> <laughs> I love Britain. TerrenceandPhilip.com. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it have been really satisfying, though, if unbeknownst to him, there'd been, like, some sort of a thing mounted on the bottom of the train? Yeah. Like some sort of a carburetor type thing on the bottom of your car just comes along, bam, off with the skull. That oh, the been skull would have rolled towards the camera. Yeah. Oh, that would have been. And then it would have stopped the eyeball camera. against the lens. Found <laughs> <laughs> the camera later. And then re-entered it with some <laughs> Benny Hill theme. <laughs> and it, and it ends with a... So I'm reading about this, and I guess in the U.K., trains are higher than in the United States. In the United States, they're only three and a half inches clear and let's from not, the plow and the ties. Let's not you remember tell that him because that? we used to play on train tracks, remember? Let's not tell him that and then have him come perform this stunt in America. Let's do this call and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, this is Mark. Long-time listener working at Home Depot? Yes, hello, sir. Hey, remember a long time ago, or earlier this week, you were talking about fear of garbage disposal. Yes. Well, um, I got the same kind of fear, and uh, I was washing dishes one day, and I heard a noise in mine, so I shut it off. Unfortunate to me, the the on-off switch is about hip high. <laughs> Tim's taking off his headphones. I got my hand down inside the garbage disposal. Your hand is in the garbage disposal. I'm leaning forward, leaning, leaning forward, forward, and bumping with my hip. You bump the switch with your hip. <laughs> the bastard comes on, oh. hits my thumb, and I yank it out, screaming bloody murder. Only a bruise. Oh, boo. I know, but boo. I cleared the room. The wife has a heart attack. The daughter's on the phone getting ready to call 911. It was a, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I wish this call had ended differently. Wait a minute, did it kill your wife? No, it didn't. Oh. Uh, all right. Thank you, sir. Try harder next time. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. All right. Try harder okay. to be injured. Have you ever seen the movie Pulse? No. Where that entity infects the electrical system of a house? No. And there's a moment where the woman drops her wedding ring in the disposal. Uh. And then when she goes to reach for it, it's from the perspective of the garbage disposal, the camera. <laughs> and she puts it in, and you hear the... And then the, just the scream begins to vibrate. And you, you, all you hear her is the scream and the jangle of her wedding ring yeah. whacking her fingers. It's like, that, it's like at that moment of maximum overdrive when the guy's pumping gas and it stops and he can't figure out why. So he looks right into the end of the gas pump. <laughs> just bam, right in the face with the gas. All right, take a break. Back with Aaron Geek in the city, Duran, and Dan, who found the uh, Dark Knight Joker phone. Yeah, and I think he brought us uh, Gotham Gazette newspapers. Sweet. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, stay there. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's impossible to describe everything that happened during this last break. All right. I am shaking with geek giddy. We are all free. I'm quivering. Aaron Geek in the City Duran is here. Uh, we'll also welcome with another Rick Emerson show. Uh, <laughs> listener Dan, who joins us. Hello, Dan. Hi there. How are you doing? You are righteous because you're wearing a Under the Giant S Fezzik shirt, first mm -hmm. of all. You have now, you've redeemed every other Dan that has called me to the show. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, who wants to take this? Aaron, do you want to lay out what Dan brought us for well, the Dark Knight? Should we get the original story, how this all came to be? Why don't you do the backstory on this and then describe the Dark Knight stuff, and then Sarah will talk about the other stuff that you brought. So okay. this is, and by the way, I want to say first and foremost, sometimes, and I will, I'm not going to be falsely uh, whatever about this, 
sometimes by dint of doing this program, uh, we get stuff or, or get to go to things or see things or, or we get access to stuff that just like you know, some guy off the street wouldn't necessarily get access to. And sometimes I get kind of self-conscious about that, and, and I don't mention it, or I, I feel sort of guilty about it because I'm, you know, because there's some guy in a box-making factory who, you know, his reward is going home and <laughs> drinking himself blind. And, you know, and I'm, we're pretty lucky that we have a job that we like, and sometimes we get to go places or meet people that, you know, that you wouldn't otherwise. So I don't say any of this to be like, hey, look how great we are. It's just that this is the coolest thing, and the geeks in the crowd, you know, the, the, our people out there will appreciate why this is so great. Oh, you have not, yeah. So, Aaron, <laughs> why don't you give the backstory and talk okay. about uh, what Dan has brought us today. The backstory is I met Dan at the end of the Court and Fatboy Midnight movie of Wrath of Khan, which was just a couple weeks ago at the Baghdad Theater. Um, he's waiting for me in the lobby afterwards, and we just start talking, and he tells me what he does, and then he says, oh, by the way, I'm the guy that got the Joker phone. And what that is, is one of Warner Brothers' marketing for The Dark Knight is, and I think it's like 24 major cities in the country, one phone was left baked in a cake in one bakery in these metro areas. And if you followed all these rules correctly, and you went to the right bakery, and you were the first one there, you picked up this cake. And when you opened the cake, there was an evidence bag from the Gotham City Police Department. When you opened the cake. You, well, let's talk to Dan. Yeah, is Dan's Dan. mic on here? Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, so please tell me, so first of all, uh, how did you discover... What bakery in Portland this Joker cake was hiding at? Well, I've been following the the viral marketing thing since it started in San Diego at Comic Con in in uh, July. I think right. it was, and um, there was a series of clu- uh, websites and clues and puzzles and phone numbers and whatnot. But um, the 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 kind of the whole backstory was that people who were playing the game or following the viral marketing were ad- auditioning to be part of the Joker's gang or his right, hand. right. So the Sweet. final test was to uh, follow his instructions by going to an address, and there were 22 addresses nationwide, being the first person at this address, asking for the package being held for Robin Banks, uh-uh. <laughs> and uh, and then you know and then whatever happens from there. And so it, it started at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And so you figure it out. You go to the address, and it's a bakery in Beaverton. Uh, well, Northwest Portland. Northwest right? Portland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you go and you say, "Hey, I'm here to pick up something from Robin Banks." Yeah, it, it was yeah, it was a little more more uh, kind of dramatic than that because a buddy of mine and I at, at work, my buddy John, um, we realized that it started on the on the East Coast and we were slowly working our way to the West Coast. Right. And you know there were more cakes and, and more addresses being posted every hour. And so that's so cool. Nine a.m., no, no. ten a.m., eleven a.m. We're in front of my computer hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. It's and like I was at work. I was tracking the whole thing, unable to like jump in. Was, right. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was it was crazy because it was like the Portland was the last one. Right. They were the second to last one. And it was you know, you know refresh. There's one more. Open up the thing. It's in Portland. Google Map. It's four miles away. Yeah. And just like two fat guys sprinting across the park. <laughs> and, uh, it just, uh, and blew through two stoplights and you know, busted <laughs> through the front door. Yeah. You made, the Robin jo- Robin Banks! you made the Joker yeah. proud. Yeah. <laughs> and they hand you a cake. Right. And the, and the cake, it was, it, and I've got the, the picture. I'll send it. But, um, the cakes had a, it was just a little small cake and it said, uh, call me now. And the phone number. And there was a phone number written in icing or something? Right. right. Yeah. And then uh, you call the, the number and the cake rings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Now, didn't you also say the bakery really didn't know what was going on either? Yeah, like, some reps walked in and said, Robin Banks will come for this in a day. And right. they just well, left it. So the baker didn't even know what yeah, he had. Yeah, the bakery didn't know. They said, yeah, we got this phone-in uh, specialty order. You know, so and they, cool. they mailed so, us the uh, evidence bag that was so already sealed, so they couldn't open it. And they said, yeah, just bake this in the cake and then write this on the top and, and, um, and wait. And, and so, so you call the number, the cake rings. Right. 
And then you dig open the cake or whatever? You dig open the cake, and there's this evidence bag, and it's got the cell phone, uh, a charger, uh, a Joker playing card, and then instructions on how to activate the phone. So you call the phone number, and this was the creepy part. You call the phone number, um, and then you, there's like this clown music and this really high pitched oh, voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This really high pitched voice saying, "Thanks for calling. We now know who you are." Oh. And then you get a text message saying, "Don't call me. I'll call you." Oh, that's and, so and, great. Yeah. That is righteous. Okay, so oh, and here's the, I'm touching the Joker phone. Yeah, oh, I got to touch it last phone. week. That is so great. What was great is during Wrath of Khan, he got a phone call, and on the voicemail, it was nothing but coughing and choking. Like someone being strangled. And now you said, Dan said he called back, and it was a wrong number, but I, I, I doubt that. I don't, I doubt anything that's going on with his marketing isn't... It's good to know the Joker uses Verizon, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Well, yeah, I called the number back, but then I, I checked. There's a bunch of different websites that are tracking this. That's so cool. Nobody else has gotten yeah. a call yet. So. All right, so uh, so Dan oh, brought Oh, this is a nice us. phone. So we got the Joker phone. And then he brought in swag. And then he brought in multiple copies. I guess, it, was this in the cake? Uh, the, no, this was uh, part of an earlier challenge that uh, you had to send a picture in of, of yourself and your friends with your faces painted yeah. in front of a, a lamp. Best audience ever. Yeah. Uh, these, you so know you'll be able to like sell this on eBay. The Joker for, phone. Like, Give it to your children. I would never do anything like that. Good for no, you. No, he's not going to sell it. I know my people. Uh, so, yeah, he's like, son, I give this now to you. So Dan brought us a bunch of copies of this newspaper. It is They are uh, real full-scale sc- full uh, copies of the Gotham Times, which looks is better. Go- looks better than the Tribune, and uh, which is the, the Gotham newspaper, and uh, in, in, littered throughout this Gotham Times newspaper, he brought in are references to the movie, to Harvey Dent, to Bruce Wayne, to whatever. So that is completely righteous. Um, and then now you are some weird geek Jedi with finding this stuff because here's the other thing. So Dude. so Dan brings in the Joker phone. He's to show us he's bringing these newspapers. You found the Joker cake, and then. Uh, in some other weird part of your life, you also found a bunch of weird Lost stuff yeah. for Sarah. Did you Sarah. talk about the Gotham Times? So yeah, I did. Yeah. So with it, but how, what did he well, bring in from Lost? He's got a Joker mask, too. The, the mask he makes all his henchmen wear. Uh, I you... cannot even tell you so how what did, cool this is. So what did Dan bring you from Lost? Okay, Dan brought me this little pack about Lost. Okay, so if you watch the show Lost, you know uh, the character Sawyer. He carries around this letter that he says, um, you know, he wrote to the person who basically killed his right, parents. Right, right. He has a copy of, of the, the letter. letter. Oh, that is so of cool. Of the letter. And not only that, there's a copy of um, Evangeline Lilly, her character, Kate. Right. She was, um, you know. She's a, on the run. Yeah, she was on the run. And so they have a copy that was on the FBI agent that was um, of her mugshot. Of her mugshot. That is so cool. And a, and a map of um, the island. Now, where did you get that, that stuff? That's Rousseau's map, too. I think it's, oh, yeah. my. Where did you get the lost <laughs> that, stuff? That story is actually less interesting. Those are um, prop replicas that you can get in the action figures. But, I mean, how great they're is They're still that, cool. Though? They're still it's very cool. Very this is cool. the coolest thing ever. Sarah's going to frame the lost map, just like Aaron and I are going to frame the Gotham Times. I'm framing at, both of them at today. At 301, my yeah. ass is flying to Target, and I'm <laughs> I'm buying one of those like shadow box frames. Yeah. And it's going up. <laughs> oh, that is so. It's going to go in my office, right next to my, uh, right next to my everything else. This so. is going right next to my Justice League poster yeah. in my office. Yeah, yeah. No. right next to my Edward Gorey poster. <laughs> Wonderful. That is so cool, dude. That is, and so now, uh, now for people who are following this Dark Knight, because when does Aaron? When does the movie come out? June twenty eighth. Nerd. When does Indy four come out? Uh, uh, May. Memorial Day. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a it's good not summer to be a geek. Uh, May we get Indy. Uh, June we get Dark Knight. We get July we get. Um, I thought Iron Man was July. No, May, Iron Man is May second. Okay, and then we I think we get Hulk in July or August. So yeah, this summer is going to be like eighty two all over again. Yeah. So you've got this Joker phone. So now what what happens now? You're going to get another phone call or? Well, supposedly I get another phone call or somebody 
you know, calls this the, the it's a prepaid cell phone, so the minutes expire at the end of January. So they got to use it this month, right? So and everybody's kind of waiting. I mean, on 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 the websites and stuff, people are just kind of waiting to see what the next clue. Did you got to text me the minute you get something? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, this is Noah. Yeah, you got to let us know as soon as go off on the air. Let me just hold it for a second and hope it goes up. So when it rang last Friday, it was just the sound of someone being choked. It's not like choking or coughing or, or something. Well, like nobody else knows the number, right? That's right. right. No one knows the number. So really, the, the only person who could call this is the Joker. I mean, there is the random quotient that it could be a wrong number, but what right. what are the odds? Oh, yeah. seriously, the odds are like a billion to one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know if anybody else who has a phone got a phone call last Friday? No. I, I checked. The people that I know that I talked to online did not receive calls. Oh. There's, there's one in Seattle. There's two in California. I think there's one in Vegas. Oh, that's the coolest thing ever. I mean, really, we are living in kind of a golden age of film, both in terms of quality of some of the films coming out now uh, and, and in terms of how they're marketing. And you know this viral marketing can't cost a lot. No. In the grand scheme mm-hmm. of scenes. Are you kidding me? One we're television. the ones doing all the advertising for them right, That's now. right now. Do you know how much it would cost, and I'm not to be about the glory of us, but do you know how much it would cost to buy the advertising we just gave them for this movie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it would cost thousands of dollars. And this is happening in every major market in the country. Right. And I mean, the cost of one, you know, whatever, Super Bowl ad yeah. has covered every single bit of this viral marketing probably well, so far. It has hidden people who would never know about the, the Batman like the the people who baked the cake. Yeah. You know, I told them, well, it's about the Batman movie. What Batman movie? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Uh, I had this great little moment a couple weeks ago um, when uh, I went down to the Regal Cinemas downtown to watch Charlie Wilson's War. Oh, yeah. And where the trailer for There Will Be Blood played, by the way, and how yeah. badass does that look? Awesome. It's awesome. Uh, have you seen it? Not yet, but yeah. I'm going to see it this weekend. Yeah. Is it opening today? Yes. Here. Oh, yeah. Cinema 21? Cinema 21. I'm all over that. Um, uh, but you walk into the, to, you know, to the, past the food court, you know, the little whatever the concession stand, and I tried to get a photo of it. My, it was just too the contrast was wrong for my phone. But the the uh, Dark Knight Why So Serious poster is right next to the Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull poster, yeah, and I awesome. just had like a whole like yeah. You can tell that manager is a, the guy who manages that Regal is a complete nerd. It is, you know, it's a good time to be a geek. It really yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, this is we have entered. This is the year of the geek. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and it's cool because the. Uh, the people running the, the campaign were rewarding you know, anybody who was following it because the teaser poster, the trailer, all debuted to people who were following the viral marketing campaign first. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's so, so cool. Well, <laughs> well, while we're talking about this, then we'll close it out. We'll take a break, come back with, with Tim Riley. Um, before we close this, this comic section out, so I have like a layman's knowledge of, college, of comics. I don't, uh, I don't know a whole lot about comics. I haven't read comics since I was a kid. But there was a thing on the front page of Yahoo today. And, in fact, on the front of USA Today... Uh, don't. You're yeah. going to just piss me... <clears throat> so well, I have to ask now. On the front of USA Today, <laughs> they said, yeah. Hey, ladies, Spidey is single. This is stupid. So what is this? So Spider-Man is now... I thought Spider-Man got married to he MJ. Did. And he's been married for like 16 years. Here's the basic story. In the comic, story. he's yes, been married. Yes. Here's the basic story. The current editor-in-chief of Marvel, Joe Casada, has never liked his marriage between Mary Jane and Peter Parker. And now that he's in the position of power to do something about it, he is. And he essentially told John, Mike, John Michael Straczynski, the guy who's writing World War Z script right now. And from Babylon 5. Babylon 5. Um, told him the marriage needs to go away. And so the comic book now. marriage between Peter Parker and Mary Jane. Yes. All right. So here's how they do it. I mean, poor Michael's put in this position of crap. It was I all a dream. This. Um, no, he literally, Marvel Universe has their version of the devil, and his name is Mephistopheles. Right. Literally appears in Peter Parker's apartment. And at the time, Mary, uh, Aunt May was in a coma because Tony Stark, it's a whole backstory. Peter Parker revealed his identity. It got Aunt May shot, and she's dying in a coma. Right. Mephistopheles appeared and said, I will bring your aunt back to life, completely refreshed, but it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you the last 16 years of your life. 
I'm going to reset everything. And uh, big red button. Peter Parker <laughs> basically said, "Well, okay." So and Peter one Parker, point, oh, and Mary Jane. A, so, so Peter Parker, who is a good guy, has made a deal with the devil to save his aunt at the cost of the, his marriage and all future. Because right before he does it, Mephistopheles shows Peter and Mary Jane an image of their lives in five years with a cute, beautiful little daughter. So, so here's he what you would have had. So he effectively kills off his daughter. And yeah. makes a deal with Satan to bring back his Aunt May. All because the guy running Marvel Comics doesn't oh. like him being married. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. really stupid. And then, <laughs> you know what? That, 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 guy little... is running, that guy is going through a divorce. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's totally little, what that is. Uh-huh. One little final punch in the comic. Uh, Mary Jane walks up to the devil before he does the thing, whispers something in his ear, and the devil says, okay, I'll do that too. So it's her, so it's it's her a, idea? It's a little slap because in the comic... Peter Parker wakes up the next day, his Aunt May is alive, sleeping in her bedroom. He kisses her on the cheek, he walks into his bathroom, and there's a post-it note on the window, on the mirror that says, don't forget Harry's party tonight. Which is a big appeal to Spider-Man fans, Harry was the first Green Goblin. Who's the person who killed Gwen Stacy in the but comics? Peter Parker's was, first love. I thought he was dead. Or vanquished. That's what they did. They reset the last 16 years of Spider-Man's Wait, life. Wait, so let me understand this. Everything has gone back so 16 now, years. So now he's not married, he doesn't have a kid, he's in... He's in league with Satan. His arch enemy and his is alive. Who killed his first his love? First love is back to life. Yep. And wow. I know there's going to be one more thing, one more punch of this. Probably once Joe Casada leaves office, I know the one person who's going to know about the whole deal because Peter doesn't remember it either. Is going to be Aunt May. Uh, and here's what she's going to do. That's just stupid. <laughs> Peter, why did you make a deal with the devil? I was in heaven with your oh, uncle. Oh, I was back with my soulmate. One, Peter, what did you do? One final ball punch. Yep. All right. Ow. Wow. It's All right. stupid. Uh, Joe Casada well, can die in a fire. Dan, you are the coolest ever. Thank you for oh, coming yeah, in, yeah, my yeah. friend. I appreciate that. That is badass. And uh, if you want to see a photo uh, of these uh, badass Gotham Times newspapers, as well as the, the, uh, the Joker henchman mask, uh, you can either go to rickemerson.com, where I got it posted, and I think it's going to be our MySpace picture as well. And it's yeah, going to go on, right on geekinthestate.com in about an hour and a half. Excellent. <laughs> Fantastic. After you get awesome. back from Target. After I get back from Target, yeah. Take a break. Back after this with Tim Riley, more of Aaron Durandy. Stay right there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. Coming up at uh, 3, Tom Likas, 7, Donna Mike, uh, tomorrow, Car and Driver Radio from 6 to 9, followed by Dennis Pitsenbarger, miles around 9 to 11. By the way, uh, we have some passes to the Easy Riders Bike Show, which is happening uh, tomorrow, Clark County Event Center, uh, from 11 to 9. I think uh, Dennis has given away some tickets to that as well. Uh, Richie, we'll go ahead and do uh, caller uh, 5 here. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You can score a pair of passes to the Easy Riders Bike Show happening tomorrow at Clark County Event Center uh, from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. in Vancouver. Uh, that is the Easy Riders Bike Show tomorrow. So we'll go ahead and uh, give away a pair of those way to callers uh, to uh, color five at five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. At the Ministry of Truth, let's pay a final visit to your personal savior, Tim Riley. And now from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Breaking news: Oh, baby, baby! Wait. Both Nicole Richie and Christina Aguilera are both in labor right now at Cedar Sinai. 
That's what it says here. Multiple sources have confirmed that they're both together, not necessarily sharing the same room. So this is the uh, hospital of choice of Britney Spears. Sheriff's officials in Texas are astounded by a letter requesting the man accused of murdering his girlfriend and possibly eating her be placed on a vegetarian diet to keep him from being involved in any more senseless killing while incarcerated. Really? Yes. I do love PETA in a weird way. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are just the attention-whoring bastards, but, mm -hmm. you know, they, they're really good at it. you got to give them that. They are the move-on.org of, the, uh, <laughs> of the, the animal world. And it, there's a big scandal. Apparently, Hannah Montana is using a body double in her uh, stage appearance. The 15-year-old entertainer disappears through a trap door, and immediately another girl dressed just like her, with a pink trench coat and blonde hair, with her face covered, dances around, runs up the stage, and then quickly disappears. I'm stunned. So all the kids are very upset about that. And that's all that's happening right now. There's more. There's no more news to be had now. Not at this moment, You've no. exhausted your news-giving uh, energy for now because yeah. you are preparing news for this afternoon. I am. And by the way, Tim Riley, who was featured on uh, radio station KXLY last night, were you not? Oh, yeah. It's a, some uh, old fella doing a talk show at 530. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was this about the uh, the tornado? It was. All right. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour. That was the, the first time I've ever been on the air in Spokane. Well, treasure it, Tim. That's a memory you can, <laughs> that's a memory you can tell one's descendants about. Look where it took Rick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, there you go, Tim Riley. All right. Uh, Aaron Geek in the city of Durant. All right. Yeah. So uh, do you have actually do you have a film review today? No, because nothing... nothing... We they, we didn't get a chance to screen There Will Be Blood because they did it just as a midday press screening, and Scott and I have, unfortunately, real jobs. Right. Uh, well, and then this is the dead time of year. Nothing. The only thing coming out this month is Cloverfield, which we'll be seeing next week. Now, I read uh, you are going to be seeing that? I, yes. Okay. Yes. Wait, why does Sarah get the nod? Because him and I have been talking about this you let for Rick Emerson wet his beak. You know... Are you interested at all? Have you been trying to find out what the monster looks like or whether, in fact, there is I'm deliberately a not Have you been doing all the viral out. marketing for that? Have you been thing. doing that so-and-so was wrong, so-and-so was right? You didn't even know right. about it until I told you. Were you trying well, to decipher totally the, the, the Lovecraftian writing to break did the code? Did you try to be their friend on MySpace so you could get invited to the premiere? No, but here's yeah. the thing. Because I don't want to know anything about it before I see it. That's why I've stayed away from all of that. I don't want to know anything about it. How long are you going to survive when the monster comes if you haven't done the job? I'm just saying, like, I Mr. 36% chance of surviving a zombie apocalypse. You get on my back! <laughs> You know, oh, I've never I, done that quiz. You'll probably do better than him. Aaron has a ninety-eight percent chance. Is that because you're? Is that because you? Rick will turn into Buster Blue. You know, he'll just feel. <laughs> he won't be able. To. Really? <laughs> I'm really? Sorry. Wow. I kill you first. <laughs> um, the uh, boy. You know what I watched the other day was Stranger Than Fiction, and that guy Michael Sarah, or no, not Michael Sarah, the guy who plays Buster, whatever his yeah. name is, he's in that. And it's so hard to take anybody from Arrested Development seriously. Any of them. I know. Any of them. Any. It's they hard are screwed. To, in Juno, watching Jason Bateman watching and Jason Michael Bateman. Sarah, yeah. it play yeah. a completely different character. It really kind of throws you through a loop. I there. know. It's, you're kind of, I mean, I feel so bad for those guys. Like Will Arnett, same thing. Although, have you seen, um, oh, that terrible action film that came out last summer. It had Jason Bateman playing a strung-out heroin lawyer. No, really? No. Oh, he was great in that. He was insane. But did you see Michael Bluth when he No, talked? not in that one. Okay. Well, you first you see him, you go, oh, like Michael Bluth, and then he just acts bat as crazy. You're like, oh. Because Will okay. Arnett is the voice of Kit, right, in the new Knight Rider Yeah, film? but I heard a new trailer, and now the voice sounds different. Well, because I think they must have... I think they must have caught on. Oh, did they, Michael. Did they... <laughs> Michael. I, just, did they, I mean, they must have focus grouped it at some point <laughs> and just figured out, like, that's not... This isn't going to work. So... Uh, Car, Michael. Uh, Car. <laughs> <laughs>
Look at Banner, Michael. <laughs> Fantastic. We're hey, here turbo with, uh, boost, Michael. Hey, Aaron, turbo uh, boost. Geek in the city, Duran. Uh, all right. Well, I had some other crap I was going to do. Looks like no time to tell all the fantastic Richie Bristol no. stories. Oh, no. You oh, gotta, no. you no, got to tell us all. There's plenty of time. We've we, we, we got 12 minutes. We've we done. We okay. break. So we got 12 minutes. All right. So here's one I of them. I do a lot in 12 minutes. I can just start cranking them out randomly. All right. Um, I can't even say the best phrase of the night because I no. sent it to you. You, Aaron, sent me a text last I, well, night. Can I say the second word? Because no. it's a medical no. term. No. 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 I didn't say it. That's if why. You have to, I know. Rick, you're going to work up. Relax. He's, uh, I'm if, not Storm. No, no, no. But I'm saying, just for future reference, because this is not the only radio program you're on, I'm making it very clear to you. I could say it on their program. They'd let me. Really? Probably. Well, that's that's their funeral, friend. <laughs> that's a body part. I'd be. A, it's not a body part. It is a abbreviation for a body part. So let what me, if let I me say this. Hold on. Hold on. Let me say this. Yes. It is. Stop. Sarah, the word he's talking about, it is a, uh, a an abbreviation or shortened uh, version of a, Gibson say it? of a name for a female body part that rhymes with, with C. Dolores. You can't say that. I didn't know. Well, rhymes, but, rhymes with razor sharp wit. Starts with a C. Oh, my God. Richie said that? Um, I don't know who said it. He said, I just heard it in the pimp well, van. I was sitting in the pimp van. Let me just tell you, if nobody knows what we're talking about. So let me just, Aaron sent me a text message last night. He's like, here's the phrase of the night. And I made sure to say this was not from me. And then it was the C word that rhymes with wit. Mm. But, was, I, but there was a whole great lead up to it. Anyway, I but, I could say it. anyway, but so Richie was out with you guys last night and, oh, and just drunk So how many drinks did he have before you saw him all like, mm. Maybe three. Maybe three. He Damn. did do some Cobra whiskey. And can I just say the restaurant we were at, I am so surprised that... Montage. They didn't kick us out before yeah. because OLCC doesn't let you bring in booze. That's just the law. So <laughs> one would think. <laughs> and I am amazed. Seriously, Cobra Whiskey made two rounds at our table, and every time someone took a shot, we began to chant, "Sweep the leg, sweep the leg." I mean, you, you but you drank it. and You said it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that Richie bad. Richie had claimed it tasted just like fine. Well, I, had, about, like, I had built it out how terrible it was going to taste it when I finally tasted it. I was like. Oh, I've tasted much, much worse. <laughs> well, I think that might be is a, is a, is a, that's a reflection on you. Well, maybe so. But it tasted like um, uh, it tasted like if you were to chew on wasabi and ginger, uh huh, and then gargle rubbing alcohol. <laughs> How sad oh. that you actually know though what those component tastes are actually like. I used to work in a pharmacy. Yeah, I fair things. enough. Uh, but so here's the best one of the best moments last night. Richie blitz out of his mind. He's at the rack. At the Acropolis, the, the the I call it the boob bar. I guess it's called the right. rack. And um, one of his apparently favorite dancers is on the stage. Her name was Silver. Yeah. He stands up, Silver. pulls out his wallet, and says, "That's it. I'm done. I'm in love." Throws the wallet on the stage and, and then says, "Take it." <laughs> really? Yeah. He is should, that guy. People should be watching him instead of people like trying to get him to bring it. Because I've seen videos of him with all yeah, videos and when he's yes. he just embarrasses himself. <laughs> uh, we made one. And special... then I saw him like touching some other poor girl. He touches like... a lot. He gets very touchy. <laughs> oh, really? And also the thing, a lot of the guys at the at this bachelor party were from California. California strip club rules are different from Oregon strip club rules. There's no alcohol in a full Monte California bar. So you can uh... you can like put a dollar bill in the panty line or something. And one of the drunk guys. Being innocent, thinking he was doing what you do, right. goes to stick the dollar bill in between like a G-string. No! And uh, his friend David and I go, no! Da, 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 da. And yeah, even, the stripper, even the stripper said, no, honey, can't do that. Shook her hip to one side. <laughs> and he was like, I'm sorry, I, I really didn't know. I just... And uh, 
she says, that's okay, and she leans in, she's doing her thing, and I lean in close to both of them, and I said, just remember, if she touches you, it's an accident. If you touch her, it's a beat down. <laughs> Seriously, no, those guys, yeah, the, the security, they don't, they don't I mean, the stripper was cool about it. She yeah. knew that he wasn't trying to be creepy, he just didn't know the rules. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how drunk was Scott Daly? Um, oh, they just kept going. I left the Moon and Sixpence around one thirty-two. That's, by the way, and that's I don't, a cool bar. Here's the thing: I don't want you guys to think I was a jerk for not joining because I had talked about meeting up with you guys, or no, I, talked to, right. I talked to Bobby about maybe at the Rose and Thistle. But and so I sent you guys the next. I'm like, where are you at? And you're like, uh, at the Acropolis, going to Moon and Sixpence in thirty minutes. And this is like eleven fifteen. Yeah. And that place was like being inside a smoker's lung. It the wasn't that bad. Sense. Well, maybe the maybe last, because maybe the last the time I was there, it was like being inside a cigarette. Well, maybe because I spent two hours at a strip club, so by then it was too <laughs> late for it to matter. I've been inhaling stripper dust and smoke. Yeah. You know? And I mean, the Rose and Thistle's kind of cool. Stripper dust? You know, they, have, they wear that weird powder, and they all have that same smell. No. Oh. It's stripper dust? That's what I call it. Yeah. The same smell. Yeah. Well, they all, I don't know. They wear like tons. I don't know, but they all smell the same. <laughs> anyway. We did make a special video just for Intercom Radio with Richie. That's wonderful. We zoomed, in, we zoomed in tight. And he says, as he's like chugging Cobra whiskey, aren't you glad you fired me? And then he does the best He does the best Reagan impersonation from The Exorcist. He does wow. this. Camera right in his face. <laughs> and then downs the whiskey. <laughs> That's so creepy. <laughs> Jesus. Well, there There's you like go. There's like an hour video, all with like that creepy, you know, one night in Paris style. Just so green no and glowing eyes. Gossip? Well, what do you want to know? I mean, it, I got to keep it clean, but ask me anything. I, I, I don't have questions. I know that uh, I know that Scott's uh, girlfriend was not too uh, happy about him going to a strip. No, no, he she was fine with it. That's, well, okay. No, she was she was um, unhappy that she. What did you go. hear, Rick Emerson? Uh, well, never mind then. Oh, I heard that. I heard that she was a little sharp tongued about the whole thing. That's what I. Heard. Oh no, that was um, no, that was good natured taunting. Uh huh. Okay. Um, that's what I think. Well, whatever. That's your And, point. once again, I have not broken my record of not paying for lap dances. The pimp squad hooked me up. See? All right, fine. Eight years of going to strip clubs, I have yet to pay for one. Wouldn't, wouldn't the... I mean, she's a fan of my site. Wouldn't the... Uh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's the other text. Yeah. So Aaron sends me this text last night, and he's like, <laughs> what was her name? Let's just call her... You sent me her name last night, but Let's whatever, call Jasmine. Her... Yeah. So Jasmine's a big fan of Geek in the City. Woot, woot, woot. <laughs> <laughs> she, so, was a, she was a sexy librarian looking. Yeah, all right. It was like getting a lap dance from the Baroness. <laughs> Jesus, really? Without Kung Fu grip. Okay. She had Kung Fu hip. <laughs> okay, I'll stop now. I'm so, I am so glad it's Friday. I'm just giddy. I'm still Jesus. staring at this Gotham Times. You guys, I haven't taken my eyes off it, so I'm wow. I'm all riding right. a high of Viso and Batman. Oh, all right. Um, How long do we have here, Sarah? When do I get to leave? Um, <laughs> about Six minutes. All right. Uh, so, no, Aaron, jokes? you don't want to go shopping with me? Um. Well, I've got to help out with the interview. Oh. I mean, if you want to hang out, I would love to go. Uh, you're going to no, be on I that wanna... court and fat boy this afternoon. Yeah, I've got a scoop. All right. Okay. Man. Yeah, I get the I'm interview. I'm totally going to buy a frame, and I'm going to frame my um, Rousseau's map, and I'm going to like stagger the letter and the mugshot in the same frame. The lost thing. This guy says, the reason all strippers smell alike is that they uh, mix their perfume with baby lotion. Okay. I don't See? know if that's true, but it seems like one of those things that he's That's plausible. probably true, yeah. Sounds like it's a thing that could be true. Yeah. All right. Uh, hi, and Rick I, Emerson. And show. I've never Hello. been to the Acropolis, so. All right. Thanks so much. Get him off. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, That'll we got, what, you. like six minutes? Yeah. Here's what I got. Here, here are your options. Uh, we can finish this list of the worst shows ever, or I can read this thing about cousins getting married. What was that sound? It was me thinking. I've been watching a lot of Arrested Development. Let's do the cousins I know. That's what I'm thinking. Right. I like how the French think. 
A married couple have had their union in Elden Britain after discovering they were twins. Whoa! Wow! wow. That's not cousins. That's not cousins. That's twins. That's wow! A, that's a video. That's when we go to X-Porn. A married couple were originally distir- you know, divorced in Britain. Oh, my God. Keep when, reading, Red. When it was rumored okay. that cows can't have pop-pop you in can't... their attic. <laughs> pop. Just because you call it pop-pop makes me realize that you're not ready to have it. The twins never going to happen. <laughs> the twins were separated at birth and not told they had any siblings. They were adopted by different families. Well, can you just imagine them lying in bed afterwards? You know me so well. <laughs> It's as if you know every inch of my body just by, I, I don't know, how do you know? It's just such a blessing that I've found my partner. You like are, we were separated at birth. You are doing this way too well. That's just coming way too naturally out of your Is mouth. Is Jen your twin? It's from hanging out with Joni too much. She's Talking about creepy, you know. Maybe they were joined to the hair and that's why they didn't realize it. I saw you I saw you changing gears inside your head. Just well, now. because we have those terrible, those trailer park stories. Who? Joni and I, we've talked about that script. It's a, it's a thing. No, now you have to tell me what you're talking about. She's got that that weird Papa Jump Jump script. Or Uncle Jump Realize Jump. Realize I don't know what you're talking about Papa right Jump now. Jump? She's got this script she's always wanted to shoot that involves a trailer park, as all her favorite scripts do. This uh-huh. trashy trailer park. Yes. And a weird kind of incestuous love triangle thing. And I'm always the one giving her gross jokes for her script. That's why I know these jokes so well. Yeah, okay. Anywho... The story As if you know me so well. The stop. The, st- the story continues. The twins were separated at birth and not told they had any siblings. They were adopted by different families, and amazingly, as adults, they met, fell in love, and were married. Oh. As if there was a special connection that drew is, them to each other. British- magazine jesus yeah the brits are giving us so much good material today further details of the case and the identity of the twins have been kept secret to protect them professor lord alton who uncovered the case said the right for children to know the identity of their biological parents is a human right uh and i don't think i have the next page Do you have a picture of them? They had no no because their identity is being kept secret but oh. here's the but here's the thing they a, had to be fraternal twins they couldn't have been ident- i mean well, well, clearly. i mean but you know but even if well, well, identical like, male and female twins don't look identical. Though. But uh, close enough. But like Jenna Bush and what's her name, not Jenna Bush, don't look anything alike. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. They had to have been that kind of twin. So fraternal. Yeah. All right. Not or, or, like or whatever the, that is, but not the kind of you look alike. Uh, but I mean, it, first of all, let a couple things. A, it doesn't say whether uh, whether they had kids. So there's the what possibility that, they had kids. What would that be? What do you mean? If the kid of twins, what do you call that? I'm a mutant. I don't know. Deformed. Weapon X. Um, <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Here's the, but here's the thing. You know, the, the court uh, the court apparently ruled that the marriage had to be annulled. The high court ruled the marriage had never been valid and annulled it. But here's the thing. You, I hate to say this, but you know that they're still together. Just Probably. The, I mean, just because the court says, no, 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 you, we're not allowing you to so be married. The court says gay people can't be married, but clearly they don't split up. I mean, if the court, just because the court says you can't be... What do you do? Let me ask you this. That's true. I mean, say you've been married for like 10 years, and you are and then truly you find in out love your with each other. And then you find out your brother and sister, Jesus, God, I can't even imagine. What do your friends do? How would you... Re- okay, uh, okay, not this would ever happen, <laughs> but uh-huh. say in 10 years, we find out somehow that Jen and I are actually brother and sister. Wow. You guys look okay. so much alike. I know. Yeah, totally. Um... Like, how do their friends react? Do they support well, you, them? You, you wouldn't tell anybody. Oh, like, you wouldn't keep it a secret. Right you now. wouldn't admit that. No, I guess, well, no, I guess, but it would get out. It would get out. You couldn't keep that in. 
It would get uh, out. No, I don't think it would get out. Keep, no, I think that's something you probably want to keep very. You would not buried. tell anybody that. But you like eventually not, your friends. Would you, you, well, let me just ask you: Would you would you admit it? No. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. You but wouldn't tell thing, anybody. Think, but there would be signs. There would be a, a straight. From that decision on, once you found out, oh, but relationships go, you know, kaput not just because you're brother and sister. Like it doesn't happen. Wow. <laughs> Says the voice of experience. Why else do they go kaput, Sarah? I'm just saying. No, really, but Sometimes you're like, people, cousins. people figure it out because we eventually break up. It's because they're brother and sister. <laughs> We're going to start you know, spreading that rumor about on. everybody. Yeah. I'm sorry. With Scott and Susie, it uh, was all fine until they found out they were brother and sister. That's why she divorced that- Scott. That is going to be, yeah. That's going to be the go-to excuse now yeah. for everything. Yep. I'm so sorry. You, we were just brother and sister. Yeah. I, uh, what can you do? Wow. But, well, I told you about that so hot what cousin do you think, I have. I, yeah, I had that, too. I didn't have it, but I had that. No, had I mean, I, I didn't have it either. I hope you didn't have uh, it. But no, no. I, uh, there is a cousin of mine who's, uh, who's gorgeous. I no, I mean, I have that. I've, I mean, had, that, I've had that George Michael moment where you go, damn it. Well, no, but you know what? That's only in America. You know, in Britain, I mean, make all the jokes, but in Britain, first cousins can marry. She was, and she's a second cousin to me, but... Yeah, see, there you go. No, no, no. And on that note... <laughs> Happy weekend! Says CBS Radio. I want to thank Aaron... Maybe uh, if nobody could find out, I'd hit it. Wow, Aaron Geek <laughs> in the city, Duran, uh, and uh, Dan the Batman guy uh, for coming in and bringing us all this cool uh, Batman and Lost awesome swag. Ever. Uh, and Bob Costantini uh, today, and uh, so forth. Rick Emerson, to produce today, and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Richie Bristol, Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper. Susan Reynolds, who is deeply, deeply ashamed of this radio program and all that we discuss, is our marketing guru. And, of course, web uh, casting and imagery is uh, Bridget from upstairs. Like us next, Donna Mike at 7, Miles around tomorrow, 9 to 11. We'll see you Monday here. Uh, Aaron on Court and Fat Boy tonight at 8 o'clock on Rock 101 KUFO. See you Monday. Bye now.